At that point, I was so angry because I thought this was a choice. I thought they had gone. Ahaha, we can extend our CGI budget no end if we do it all in the dark. And I'm like, yeah, but then I can't see the story you're telling, so you might as well not have bothered. All the blades light up, like Beric style. I yeah. can just imagine at the end of the line, just a couple of hundred yards away, somebody going, <laughs> what did he say? And he's still got his little curved thing on his belt, and it just goes, and he's like, ah! Where was crazy breastplate man Bronzion Royce? And why didn't where we, why where didn't is we Bronzion? Get, why didn't we get zombie Bronzion in that breastplate? Hello. Welcome to Shark Liver Oil. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. Hello. It's time to get into Game of Thrones Season 8, Episode 3, The Long Night. Uh. Uh, we did a lot of build-up last week, saying <laughs> it's all it's all coming to this, and it's resolved in terms of the uh, the big battle with the big bad, the Night King, leaving some interesting questions about just what the last three episodes are going to be about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been thinking about that. Yeah, um, but yeah, this is the one we've been looking forward to for quite some time. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of the one that's been. The, the whole series has been building up to you can kind yes. of say um, because it's when the sort of the big issue with the White Walkers is resolved we said there are a lot of characters on the front line who were in serious danger of of death and um, we will get through so uh, if you want to if you want to send your own thoughts on this in it's uh, sharkliveroyalpodcast at gmail.com is the email address to send it to so the intro again um, not really much to say, but there's apart from the fact that, you know, as has been happening for the rest of the season, you have this sort of continued sort of march of this at these ice tiles going down and now they reach Winterfell. And yeah. um, another little note that I didn't notice on first watch, but <clears throat> the more you go, the more you notice is uh, you see the lights going out in the crypt as well, which wasn't happening last time. Um, oh really? So there's a little little point. Look at that close close reading of the title sequence. Yeah, well, I watched this. I've, I've watched this episode a couple of times. Um, yeah, and in in general, I actually I, I loved it the first time, and then on subsequent watches, I think it's one of those ones that doesn't sort of get better with every watch. You kind of sort of see the strings <laughs> a bit more, you know. <laughs> When you're on the roller coaster I, the first time, it's like whoa, and then yeah. when you start thinking, as you start picking apart the details of it, some some issues come out, as I think you've alluded to. Well, that's interesting because I my first viewing of it, I I was really angry, so I didn't even start <laughs> off on a first viewing being like, goodness me, this is like this is is a new form for the form. This is something completely new in television history. I was I was pretty pissed, and so I actually watched it for a second time, and kind of confirmed to myself that it might not have been as bad as I thought. So I sort of went ever <laughs> so slightly the other way, um, but yeah. yeah. I, I saw on Facebook that you had a you had a real issue with the uh, and other people have said this online with the sort of the brightness. Basically, it was very hard well, to look at to see what was going on. 
yeah, and I was, and I like, I, I was punching the furniture. I was so angry about it because, <laughs> as you know, like one of my great weaknesses as a reader in like long form series, and we've talked about this. My thing with sort of Harry Potter as well. When the time comes for us to do it, is like I didn't, I don't care about subplots, even if your subplots are designed to take up the major part of loads and loads of books. Mm. I'm just so I've been on the whole way through this. Yeah, I've been. I hope I started off positive, but the more we've gone through A Song of Ice and Fire, the more I've been like, right, 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 Arya Stark goes for a walk in Westeros. Yeah, brilliant. Something, 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 probably going to stay alive. Next. And like, I've been like that with a lot of the subplots because I've been, in my brain, I've been asked to care about this subplot above them all. Mm. It's what we opened with at the first, first page of the first book, first scene of the first series. All the way through, the ending scenes of almost every series have been like, and here's what's going on with the thing you're actually supposed to care about, you know, the approaching doom. And this is the episode in which that is going to be resolved, in which it's not just a sort of teaser, it's the main thing. And I was sitting on my sofa watching this going, hang on, who's that? Are they? Did that? Is he? Now, hang on. Was that? Because, and it went on for half an hour. Half an hour of me sitting there going, "Turn the lights on," and <laughs> and I was and I thought at that point I was so angry because I thought this was a choice. I thought they had gone, "Ah ha ha, we can extend our CGI budget no end if we do it all in the dark." And I'm like, "Yeah, but then I can't see the story you're telling, so you might as well not have fucking bothered." It has since the point has since been made to me that. Um, it's very possible that I had massive compression problems in the platform I was using to watch it on because I live on the other side of the world and my options for getting it are pretty skinny and the internet's pretty crap. So um, it could be that if I'd have been living next door to HBO headquarters when they stuck it out on the internet, I would look. It would have looked superb. Mm. Um, but I so I, I it was a bit frustrating because I had to turn my wrath aside ever so slightly. But I'm still <laughs> pretty much in a place where I was like, this really this. Your way of getting me to a conclusion of the storyline I care about is to turn the lights off and then say shit went down and do it mostly through sound effects. Yeah, I think people watching in um, with sort of better streaming quality than than you had though had had that similar issue. I mean, when when oh, we right. sat when we sat down to watch it, um, we watched it sort of quite early in the morning uh, before we went to work. Which went, which That's meant a, better than any breakfast cereal that much. <laughs> which meant on the good side, um, we were we were watching at a time where it was a bit quieter in terms of other people using the um, oh, yeah. streaming. So yeah. so the, the picture quality was pretty good. Still wasn't brilliant, but it was pretty good. Um, but it was also one of the sort of the brightest mornings Manchester's ever seen, <laughs> of course. So I mean, we had the blind down and we watched the first couple of minutes and. You, it was hard to make out, so I actually went to the <laughs> spent the next ten minutes. We put it on pause, and we hung towels up on the like in front of yeah. the blinds to, to to make it darker so we could so see what was going I, on. I was watching it, Matt, at night in a city that's currently experiencing six-hour rolling power cuts. Right, <laughs> we've we've got power to run the telly, so we, I'm watching it literally in probably the darkest urban environment you could find anywhere on the planet at the time, and I'm still like. Was that Brienne? I love the thing. Is I love, she dead? The thing I love about that is how you sort of quite casually said then, rolling power cuts, but power to watch his telly. Like there's an emergency generator in the corner. Just I won't, I, won't te- I won't lie to you, Matt. That may be the purpose of that object. 
That's not true. Actually, no, it's even funnier than that. If you'll forgive me a digression, since Game of Thrones is about power, um, uh, the fact that the reason we still have power, though the rest of the city doesn't, is that next door lives, as far as we know, the guy who's responsible for running the electricity utility for the entire country. <laughs> And so he's just made sure that the rolling power cuts don't affect his house and we're on the same switch. Yeah, so the two things with, with that, I think, with the, with the sort of the, the brightness issue, a lot of people, a lot, a lot of people have the same thing. Um, part of it was, yeah, to, <laughs> to turn the brightness up on your tally. And I think part of it was a stylistic choice, saying it's, it's dark and it, part of, they want part of the episode to be dark and confusing and they succeeded with p- bits of that. Um, <laughs> they certainly the, succeeded in making it dark and confusing. Yeah, the, the, the other thing with the streaming, I do think that that's a bit of a shortcoming insofar as I think a lot of people, I mean, we, we, the second time we watched it was in the evening and I noticed a, a big drop off in the quality of the picture. And yeah. yeah, that means I think it's probably going to be a better watch when you get when you have to buy the Blu-ray. But um, yeah. it's it's, yeah. it's it's not how most people are going to watch that episode. So I, I do yeah. think that means it's a problem that they, they put it out that way, knowing that. But you know, yeah. so so, so well, that, that's, that's well, the technical the, stuff. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. And obviously, we should move on to the more interesting shit. But I think it's just worth saying that it really did affect the way that I watched this, mm. and my response to everything in this sort of comes with an asterisk at the top, which is. I felt hugely disengaged, even by the bits in the first 15 minutes particularly that were really powerful, and there were some amazing bits. I was still sitting with my arms folded across my chest because I wasn't certain that I was... I was either being fucked around or I was being failed. Like, it was one of those two things. Either they'd chosen to do it this way or they hadn't and it was happening anyway. And that just meant that I was sort of dumped out of it a little bit. And that does mean that the rest of my response to this is probably going to be a bit harsher than it should be. Mm. But equally, you know, they chose to make it this way and they tested it on any number of screens and they published it and this is what it looks like. So, mm. you know. we So so we start the actual episode with, with basically Sam. Shitting it. He does this for most of the episode. Like, terrifying. He really does this. Not a very complex character experience for Sam in this episode, I have to say. That holds true for a lot of the characters that we see. Like, they are there, having been multi, multi-level symphonic possibilities of character. In this one, everybody just gets one button to press. You know what I mean? <laughs> Sam, you're shitting it. No, you're not getting any more direction than that. I've got an army of 6,000 CGI horses outside, right? You... Shit it. Do that for the next 50 days. Right, now, where's Sansa? Do you know what I mean? Like, that that was it. It felt like a very much, I don't have time to give you more direction than this type thing. Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure what else I would have liked to see him express there, because I think that is... Uh, I suppose. Yeah, you're right. It's just, the rest of it has kind of been about him discovering how to be brave. But maybe the point is he's always, even when he's being brave, he's cowardly. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, but anyway... Yeah, and you can't be brave unless you are frightened, I suppose. Ooh, the, hey. The, um, the, the, the start of it, there's, in fact, <clears throat> the thing that really struck me about it on a second and third watch is just how little dialogue there is through the whole, and there are whole sections of sort of 10, 15-minute chunks where nothing is said. <clears throat> and I quite, I yeah. quite liked that as a sort of... Th- after last week, which was all about the sort Talking. of character yeah. building, and this is yeah. sort of they really did sort of go all like just all in on okay, this is this is just going to be 
the sort of the ultimate version of the battles we've done before, like the 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 most battle episode battle episode we've done. Um, yeah. So so yeah, I, I liked how they didn't feel the need to say, "All right, we've done tw- twenty minutes of we've done twenty minutes of sort of visual and action. We've got to put our you know regimented five ten minutes of just sitting around chatting for a bit now." Um, yeah. I mean, it, it it did create its own issues that, but it, I liked the idea of just just trying that, seeing how it goes, um, just yeah. sort of going all out action. Yeah, very very much, and I think. I, I can't decide whether this is brilliant, whether this is like doing something that even the movies can't do because it's doing a 130 minute, sorry, a one hour 30 um, battle scene, which mm. even Lord of the Rings couldn't do because Lord of the Rings had a three hour running time and it had to set up everything else that was going on, right? Yeah. Or, and, and it's doing that because it's had 70 some hours to set up all of these characters to this point. Mm. Or whether what's happening is that... Um, whether that makes it deeper or shallower, I still mm. haven't really been able to decide. And again, that's partly because of the way that it was shot. Mm. Um, but you're right; it is balls out. This is uh, I can't imagine any other time in in popular culture where somebody's going to spend this amount of time doing a single battle scene. Mm. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like I just can't imagine it happening ever again. Yeah, and so it's a bit sort of yeah. Like I, I sort of feel like I should be appreciating this more than I am. <laughs> yeah, the, the the time that they give to the build up as well, because they have that extra time, I think was well used because you did get that, this real sense as everyone's sort of going grimly to the positions, um, and we sort of zoom in on Tyrion and Sam just just seeing they sort of seem like little individual um, little individual experiences as these big moments happening all around them like these big groups of people are going to do really important things so the Unsullied yeah. sort of march past and uh, Theon and Bran and the Ironborn walk got march past to, towards the Godswood and and because of, because there's so quite a sort of relaxed pacing at the start yeah. and you get that sense of stillness and tension before it all yes. before yeah. it all begins and I thought that was really effectively done but actually this threw into relief one of the second big problem that I had with the episode which sort of come will will come up later I think about like sit, maintaining the scene that you've set and mm. making sure the audience already always know where they are so this this first stuff is unbelievably good like just this sense of the size of this force and how invested you are in all the different bits of it um but then the way it plays out from here doesn't really live up to that mm. standard I, I I thought but yeah yeah we have so we basically have the um, load of people in the battlements at Winterfell looking out. Got a big trench, then you got loads of you got sort of a row of siege engines, and then the unsullied in front of that, and the, I think you got the Thraki one side, and the sort of um, collection of it looks like some knights of the Eyrie, uh, some wildlings, some uh, obviously Winterfell lot. And then a lot of main yeah. characters on the other side. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we, we sort of start with the um, Jorah and the Dothraki standing there as as this horseman, something well, this horse comes out of the dark, and uh, it turns out yeah. it's, it's Melisandre. This was a shock to me. I thought this is going to be just some like you know White Walker A, just to kick it all off, and it turns yeah. out it's it's a red woman. Yeah, I was expecting a White Walker, and I still 
given what happens, it is a great moment that this leads to, and it's a great fake out as well to like keep you at that point of tension for a bit longer. Yeah, I'm not sure I wouldn't have preferred it if it wasn't a White Walker just going to kick it off because the start of the battle did feel a little bit muted. Mm. Um, uh, because it all happened in the dark. But yeah, this is great. Because I thought she was already in the building as well. I thought she was already there. Yeah. So she rides out and I'm like, this is a hell of a time to go for a constitutional lady. How about you get back inside the thing? But of course, she's turned up from Dragonstone, I think, right? Like, was where we saw her last, actually. Yeah, I think she's. I think she said on Dragonstone, I'm, I'm off home, but I'm coming back. So she's done oh, a, right. a so quick she's, round trip. It's she's, one of those jet she's gone, packs, gone, gone for a quick mani-pedi. Go for a quick... <laughs> Go go back home. Put your feet up for a bit before you save the world. She comes over and um, tells George to sort of get all the Dothraki to raise the blades to raise the. And he sort of hesitates at first, like, "Who are you again?" Because he doesn't think he knows her. And um, and then <laughs> yeah, that actually that moment was pretty big because I was like, "Have they met?" Yeah. And I kept having that moment throughout the. I was everybody's responding to her, trying to read in their faces. When was the last time they saw each other? <laughs> so again, I'm a bit out of that moment just because I haven't recently watched the 70 hours of TV that have gone before it. <laughs> but yeah, they've never met, have they? Um, I think it may have been sort of... The only thing I've ever spoken to each other. I think Jorah was there when she turned up in Dragonstone. Um, oh, yeah. yeah although right I'm not right. sure. Maybe the past didn't cross because um, he was away for a bit, wasn't he? But anyway, um, yeah. th- he hesitates in sort of just doing what she says and then you hear the sounds from the darkness of the yeah. of the dead and then he sort of decides you know probably all the help we can Do you get you know what yeah, yeah exactly exactly <laughs> like thematically this woman with the red hair and the red cloak and a predilection for fire doesn't seem to be on the side of the big ice monsters that are out there in the dark. So, <laughs> yeah, no. back the, it. The t- the t- the t- are you a goodie? Like, the narrative structure of this fight leads me to believe that it's probably a good idea to let you do what you want to do here. <laughs> yeah, a good decision as well, because all the blades light up, like Beric style. I thought yeah. this was brilliant, and I like how you, there was the shot from the battlements as you, yeah, you see sort of the wave just go along. across. Yeah. I did have a practical question about that, though, because Jorah tells them all to hold their swords up, right? So, But it's a battlefield. It's it's winter. It's nighttime. Not quite sure how far his voice would travel. But I could yeah. just imagine at the end of the line, which is a couple of hundred <laughs> yards away, somebody going, what did he say? And he's still got his little curved thing on his belt, and it just goes, and he's like, ah! What, what, ah! Why have you done this? I'm on fire! What the hell? <laughs> yeah, I suppose what... Um yeah, I, I thought that, but then I thought, well, with the rays in the blade, you see everyone else doing it around you. They go, oh, right, oh, yeah, this is what we're doing. Like, <laughs> probably, yeah, actually, that's true, isn't it? There's a sense of conformity in an army, which probably helps you. Just yeah. imagine doing that and going, should I raise it? Should I? I'm not a part of the machine. I'm an, I'm an individual. I'll go on, then I will. Just, just as it leaves the scabbard, it just, whoop, boom. Oh, oh. Conformity or, for the win. Here we go, lads. Or it, Let's or go. It, or it could army. Yeah, or it could only lie if you got it in the air, which would be equally annoying if like, you think, yeah. oh, fuck that, can't be arsed. Then everyone else is on everyone fire. Else like, gets, oh, gets like a plus 10 damage buff to the weapon and you're sitting there going, oh, can I have, excuse, miss, excuse me, miss, I didn't get it. I didn't I didn't hear the homework. Can you it's just... Works. just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they um they all sort of they're all lit and then Melisandre heads back as she, she, as she's making her way into the castle she goes past Grey Worm and says Valamogulis 
all men must die. And this is this is one of the many moments in this episode where I thought, Oof, well, he's toast. There's no way he's surviving. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's part of their shared uh, SOST. How do you say somebody from Essos? I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Their, their whole Essos vibe is apparently everybody on that entire frigging continent, no matter their background or religion, knows this this dictum about life. Yeah. All men must die, all men must serve. So he just, he doesn't even blink, Grey Worm. Flipping love this man now. He just goes, all men must serve. Yeah. <laughs> He's just ready to go. Yeah. Um, she she enters the, enters Winterfell. Uh, Davos comes down, like, literally almost with sword drawn, like, right. Yeah, this is- <laughs> He's like... Oh, do, so do not good, care. Do, do not care what you've done with those lot over there. Those horse people. <laughs> I'm still yeah. going to kill you. And she says, yeah. "No need. I'm going to die soon anyway." And he he buys it. Like surely mm. he of all people is like kind of, Madam. I hope you will understand when I say that your word has not in the past proven to be a terribly reliable guide to events. <laughs> so, you know what I mean. Like I mean, of course he can't because everybody's caught in the sort of gravitational pull of the narrative, and it would be stupid to kill her now. Mm. Um, but but still, it did feel a bit like that doesn't quite feel like a good enough reason for Sir Davos to stand aside. I don't think. I think he's he's probably it, it is he's always been a um, quite pragmatic, hasn't he? And he must see yeah. that she might actually be able to help here. You know, that's she, very she's true. already proven just true. outside. Then that looks yeah. pretty. That looks pretty useful. Once you just got yeah. up to outside. <laughs> so, all right, you can stay. All right, but you're not sleeping inside. Uh, yeah, it's very true. And then there's this really significant look, isn't there, between um, between Melisandre and Arya yeah. out on the battlements? And this was the second moment where I was like, "Have they met? Did they speak? Are they?" And I still presumably they have because they have a conversation later that makes it seem like they have. But I can't for the life of me remember where they. <laughs> it was a long time ago. I think it was season two, and um, it was when I was with the uh, Brotherhood, and yeah. she she showed up to take Gendry away. Remember, and um, oh, yeah. and she sort of she says to her, uh, "This is where the first time she said to her, you've got you know, I see death in you, and you've got to close many eyes, um, brown, green, blue, all this." Yeah. Which is what yeah. she sort of reminds her <clears throat> later on. Yeah. yeah, it turns out to be the magic words for this episode, doesn't it? Yeah. Now, what happens next? The we have this <clears throat> incredible visual with the Dothraki charge, <clears throat> basically charge, the, isn't it? And then they have a there's there's the sort of the siege engines open up as well, so you see the sort of almost like like comets flying over the top as um as the as they all charge with these flaming swords and. You watch from the battlements as slowly all these lights just wink out, um, yeah. sort of almost like sort of charged light brigade style, and it's just all <laughs> hey, gone. there's the pun. I tell you what, they're operating at a higher level of cultural cultural <laughs> reference here, aren't they? I didn't even get that, but you're right. That's exactly what it is. Um, yeah, but this is. I mean, I think I think you said earlier that it's it felt like a bit of a, a muted start to the battle. Um, yeah, I couldn't decide whether I loved it because of its sheer. Because it's such a weird way of starting a battle. Battles traditionally start with sound and fury and, and, and fire and you can see everything. Whereas this is, it's happening in the dark and you're attacking an unknown enemy and all you can see is the lights of humanity winking out. Mm. Like thematically, that was astoundingly powerful, but it wasn't visceral in the slightest. Mm. And so it continued the sort of tension of the first bit, but there was no gut punch to it at all to me. It was just incredibly um, like mournful. Mm. Um, you know, 
probably in quite a good way, but but a very different way of starting the battle. And it just meant that when they do actually meet, when the forces actually meet and we see the dead, because it was so dark, it was that moment was just a, a step of alienation too far, and we got the we got the weird darkness, the tension and then the absolute chaos with mm. no intermediary point and it felt a bit weird to me mm. to be honest with you like this this itself was great with the fire winking out awesome but mm. i wanted a better moment of engagement mm. quite apart from the fact by the way that this was a fucking stupid tactical decision on the dothraki part you can't see them so don't attack them and secondly um that's the dothraki done with so they get a single shot is the point of us having been to marine and back to pick them up that is the purpose of that entire flipping arc, and that I found quite infuriating. Well, the, 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 the wipe, they wiped out the Lannister army as well. Oh yeah, no, right on. Okay, yeah, yeah, solid. And that was a great battle sequence. Again, I just maybe I'd appreciate it more if I'd gone back and watched season six and seven before seeing this, just to sort of, just so I get that whole gathering sense. Um, yeah, but I, I, it, it I think, did feel quite throwaway, really. I think that's the um, that is the downside of such a big sprawling series, isn't it? As compared to even a sort of series of films, is that you do have all this time to set up big things, but also you have a lot of time to forget things. So unless you've rewatched large portions of it, you you can. Or, or I suppose that it'd be interesting to see someone coming to Game of Thrones for the first time after it's all finished and watching it all quite quickly you know over the course yeah. of a couple of months rather than 10 years um yeah. to see if to see what the experience the experience might be a little different but there is that danger of something that's happened seven seasons ago is seven years ago for us a lot yeah. for many people watching which which i think yeah. is yeah does make it harder to to link it all together i i loved the um i loved the, this dothraki bit it's one of my favorite bits of the episode um yeah. the the lights going out and they're sort of I like the fact that you you saw the battle start from the people who are waiting for their turn, and just how like terrifying it is to see this. I mean, these are these are have been billed for seven seasons as like the best you have to offer in terms of mounted sort of soldiers. They're the, they're the most yeah. fearsome. They are yeah. um, you know they're the they're the most effective that we've seen, and yeah, they're just. They just get absolutely flattened yeah. within within minutes as well, maybe less than yeah. a minute. I think you know you just sort of it is, yeah, yeah. And I I, I I felt I felt like I was there with the people on the walls then, thinking, God, you know that was that was sort of some of the best yeah. fights we've got, and they've and just gone just out with gone. a whimper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was very powerful. And again, because this early in the episode, I was on board with it. It was still leading me to where I wanted to go, in that it was telling me you're probably going to lose this. And, like, that's... Okay, like, if that's the story you're telling, then great. But I actually feel like this set up a, a pace of tension and kind of unmeetable power in the in the opponents here that they just couldn't keep up through the whole of the rest of the episode. Like, the logic of this kind of left them with nowhere to go but just everybody dies immediately because hmm. if the Dothraki die then everybody's going to fucking die I don't care what you've done with your big spiky ditch and yeah. your, you know I don't care how many dragons you've got if the Dothraki are dead on the battlefield on foot doing their thing these are these are people that ride horses like surfboards you hmm. know what I mean 
and they're dead. They're just dead in 30 seconds flat. That's a great shot, but it actually meant that for the rest of the episode, I was like, yeah, but if they could do that to the Dothraki, how come they're not just doing this this now? Like, why are they not... Why isn't this episode only 15 minutes long? Hmm. And I really struggled to get away with that. Did you have that feeling, or am I just off on the... uh, Am I right about the pacing, do you think? Um, I do think that there... I do think there are times, especially with main characters, where the let's say the work rate of the of the whites drops off. Yes, that's ex- that is exactly the right way of putting it matt thank you so much for that that is perfect the whites just at a certain point i mean is this realistic do you think they just phone it in do you think they get five nil up inside the first couple of minutes and they're just like oh fuck it <laughs> it is um yeah it did feel a bit sometimes like the the night king has gone kill them all Unless they've had more than 10 minutes of individual screen time. (laughs) That is an excellent point. I was talking to somebody about this the other day, and they said this is the sort of Marvel Cinematic Universe influence on this now that we're past the books, because there's no Mm. way that George would have a battle like this go off and only a relatively small number of relatively minor characters die. Mm. Like, And I really did feel like the Night's King had done exactly that. Like, kind of, remember, if they're on the first page of the call sheet for this episode, tickling only, all right? (laughs) All right, <laughs> tickling only. Yeah, um, I think yeah. And the, the other th- the point you raised about this sort of tactical decision, I'm still not 100 percent sure what happened here because mm. I can, on the one hand, so I suppose you can sort of make a case, even though it, it isn't a great tactical decision, to if you're going to use your, if you've got your your cavalry uh, and you're expecting to be swamped, you know, yeah. once the battle starts. You, you may as well use them while they can actually charge at something because once true you know, true um yeah. or, uh, but but the other i think the, i think the more lighter thing that that it's that happened here and this is the way another way you can see it is they get the flaming swords they're massively up for it we know the one thing they're not very good at is discipline and <laughs> and they just fuck it they're off we're going to one we're, of them's just like it. <laughs> have this yeah very very stupid thing to do i dare say I think, I think absolute darkness. Yeah, that would have. If that is the case, it would have helped just to have a quick shot of Jorah looking around, like in the same way that at the Battle of the Bastards, yeah. like Davos is like, "Oh shit, well we've got to go then." Um, yeah, because it always felt like he was in control. Um, yeah. So maybe it was a decision. In which case, yeah, it, it it was, it was a big gamble, which obviously didn't pay off. Yeah. Is it? Do you think this is this is going to be a theme throughout this? I think. Is it possible that Jorah is just not a terribly impressive battle commander? Like, because we, we've got all these characters who have the positions they have largely because they're aristocrats. Hmm. Fair enough, they're aristocrats because of some ancestor was probably quite good at beating people in a fight. But um, like, there's quite a lot of people, up to and including Jon Snow in this episode, that make some pretty stupid tactical decisions. And it really made me think: What if you being in your position is just you having been lucky or hmm. you dying last? And Jorah actually walked away from the position where he'd be the commander of such and such. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like, he, he went off to go and sort of drink and whore his way around the warm countries. And um, is, that, is that reflected in the fact that he's, like, massive darkness, full of an enemy we can't quantify or even see? Horses on rough ground, in Let's the dark, it. no moon? Bring it on. Exactly. <laughs> Bring it on. About <laughs> <laughs> that time. <laughs> yeah, this is definitely the first about that time moment for a character in this episode. Yeah. yeah. 
so the lights all all sort of go out one by one, and then there's this small handful um, who return uh, and ride past, and Jorah's yeah. one of them. And this is at this point, I was sort of trying to catch a glimpse of his face, just checking he didn't have bright blue eyes because I thought yes. he might come back as a as a white straight away. And yeah, and there, and I think that would have actually been incredibly powerful, although also wouldn't have the two lines meeting in that dramatic clash Hmm. but this is one of the places where the darkness really pissed me off because i couldn't see and i'm actually on the second watch through as well i was leaning forward going is that is he is he got his head partially sliced like he just looked awful Hmm. and there's this long lingering shot on his injured face and i'm like what are you trying to tell me what are you trying to tell me what are you trying to tell me the shot's over and like that that feeling persisted through the next 10 minutes of what happens in the battle scene and mm. I think this was where I really started to lose my temper with it yeah um so I was like you clearly think that this is worth me seeing and you're clearly telling me that it's important to be paid attention to you're clearly trying to get me to respond to it somehow emotionally and I'm available for that because it's been seven years and I don't know what you're trying to say mm. um and I was so that Jura shot was the first of several where I was in this sequence where I was like what is what is happening why the fuck are you doing it this way yeah, that Jorah shot for me felt like it was leading me by the hand a bit better because I, as he's coming back, oh, and you, as you see him coming back, I thought, is he is he dead? Is he is he alive? Mm. And that shot of his face was like he isn't a white and he's he's okay. And I think maybe it helps that I was watching it in slightly better quality, so I could see what he looked like. <laughs> <laughs> very true. Very very true. Um, so the uh, yeah, so this handful come back, and once Daenerys sees the. Um, sees what happens to her Dothraki she sort of saddles up did we basically have a change of plan here the the sort of (laughs) the first time something goes wrong she's like right flying nuke time yeah I think this is this is a good this is sort of shows her in her best light though in that you need to make these quick change I I think John's in the wrong of it here where he says no we've got to wait it's like look we've got our two our two best weapons and we've just seen what's happened to a big chunk of our army without they've not made a dent so we yeah, need to got, we need to go. quickly think on our yeah. feet and do something different here because it's not going to go well i think I, that's true and that's justified but what they then do with their two best weapons does not bear out the idea of daenerys as a tactical genius i have mm. to say like <laughs> what they do next is just sort of do these terribly impressive big divey swoopy things and then like going straight for the bads at the back instead of taking the opportunity to incinerate this army who's essentially whose only weakness is fire and you are on top a flying flamethrower and you just got do a couple of passes and then you're like right let's do some reconnaissance <laughs> no no they're the problem set them on fire <laughs> you see i thought what happens here is they set off and start blasting big chunks out of the army so, quite and, literally cooking fools yeah and then this sort of fog rolls in so they can't see anymore and they basically just sort of get a bit lost yeah that is what happens but i think they were in a position to get lost because they peeled off and went and and sort of went looking for the white walkers who were all standing at the back with their impeccably straightened hair <laughs> um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hair and makeup on these lads unimpeachable <laughs> Um, but uh, yeah I just I felt like everything that happened with the dragons next is sort of item two on my what the hell is going on list in the next little bit of this battle because I wasn't I didn't feel like a realistic thing it just felt like a hey where Mm. are you hang on and again that's kind of the point like there's supposed to be a whole load of chaos at the start of this but it felt like it was happening because it was poorly executed rather than because it was purposeful 
to mm. me. Like the where are the dragons? I don't know. Where are the where are the armies? Whoa, couldn't say. Where what, what's happening with the army of the dead? Whoa, that is somewhere. Tearing, mm. screaming, biting stuff. Yeah. Whoa. And it, it felt like quite a lot of money had been spent to make me confused. You know. Yeah, I mean, I think I think some of the confusion is is good because that's what a battle I imagine like this is. Yeah, is yeah. is sort of all sort of a, a, a just a confusing mass of like death and horror. But um, yeah, yeah there, there was a difficult balancing act they got to get here, which was being clear about what is happening with the battle big picture, and at the same time giving you that sense of that sense of chaos that it brings i mean this this, yeah. this attack comes down and it's it's just this rolling mass of bodies which just crash into i think they crash into the unsullied first and then the sort of yeah. like either flanks as well and yeah. um and yeah you, you you in the middle of this sort of it, it felt quite familiar this because it did it in a lot of other battles where it's all like quick cuts to like something gets slashed and then someone yeah. gets knocked over and then someone's shouting um yeah. it is this I think part of the problem is a lot of people had is it was hard to see what was going on because it's so dark as well. Um, yeah. Until until suddenly there's this big blast of flame as the dragons get involved and then yeah, yeah. whole whole ranks of the of the undead are getting are getting sort of lit up. Yeah, 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 very much. And like I say, for me, it just felt like that confusion. Like they, I think they'd started saying we need to make this confusing. Because that's how people will understand it. Hmm. Uh, like that's how that's what we want to do with the story at this point. But then the execution of other bits that weren't supposed to be confusing was so muddy that they just added to that sense of confusion. And so hmm. it wasn't this sense of the battle is chaos, but there is things happening, and we are telling you a story that you can follow. It felt far more like, like I say, spending an awful lot of money on not making anything any clearer. Mm. And I'm not sure that's what they meant to do. I think mm. they were trying to do something else, which they had failed to do. Yeah, I did get this um, this sense of like uh, 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 this moment where the dragons arrive for the first time and things start getting lit up. I did get that sense of uh, just relief that oh, this is yeah, this is a turning point where things are looking a bit better again. And I think you see Sansa and Arya on the walls just see see it happen. And their yeah. sort of faces are great as well because it's after all that horror of seeing the Dothraki blades go disappear, and then this massive just crush of humanity falling on the um, on the defenders. It, this is yeah. just the first moment of um, you know this is the first proper sort of punch that the defenders land, isn't it? At these sort yeah. of the, the, the arrival of the dragons, but it's cancelled yeah. very quickly. Exactly, and again. You know they're telling the story of a whole battle, so it's I'm not supposed to feel too happy about the ebbs and the flows of it. But because it's so dark, I couldn't tell whether that was a meaningful strike or not. Like mm. for all I know, it could be. I mean, probably is. As far as I know, that's the strategy. Everybody who's ever died north of the wall is a member of this army, mm. and so like I have no idea how to put that in context. So mm. I don't know how serious it is or not. Like, have you just knocked out four fifths of their army? In which case, you know, bully for you have you just you know barely even scratched the face then you know this is really serious and i should be invested in another way but because it's dark all i'm going is is dragon there Mm. burning people you know like i just didn't know how to be how engaged to be in it is it is this part of i mean i think the, the point of this bit is you're supposed to be living it through the characters and isn't that exactly what Aya and Sansa on the wall will be feeling though because all you can see is the front ranks of 
um, the the dead and, and whatever's being lit up, but you yeah. can't see what's beyond that, so you don't really know. Hey, no one's what got sort got. of a, yeah. an overview of what's you sort. You can tell that well, this is good because we've we've seemed to be getting rid of a lot of them, but at the same time, we've no idea how many more are still coming out of the darkness. Yeah, yeah, and I suppose, yeah. Do you know what? You're absolutely right. Actually, thinking back, I was. I was still open to the possibility that I was being alienated on purpose at this point. But mm. the sort of tonal and pace changes that go on, as you say, the moments where the whites just stop trying later on in the episode. <laughs> like, because that happened, I now look back at this and go, oh, so you weren't doing that on purpose. Or you weren't telling me that this whole episode was going to be like this. Mm. Um, you know, and there's not an adequate description for how we get from this to what I'm going to call the zombie in the kitchen, what are we going to do sequence mm. that we get a little bit later on, mm. um, but, uh, amongst many. Um, but, but yeah, like, I don't know, I just, I, I was open to it still at this point. It's just what happens after this that makes me think this was more of a fuck up than it was a purposeful storytelling decision. Yeah. Aya obviously thinks things aren't going particularly well because she immediately turns to, well, as soon as this sort of hard home style mist comes over the battlefield. Yeah. She um she turns to Sansa and says, "Look, you got to get down to the crypts because this is going to go well. Shit's going to get real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And I I love this exchange um, because it's Arya really coming into her own as somebody that because usually like she's she's been a a very terrifying tiny badass for quite a long time, but she hasn't done that sort of command thing, that sort mm. of taking responsibility thing. To this point, she's been driven by revenge." and by her list of people that she's going to kill. And the exchange that she has with the Red Woman later in the episode is, is perhaps the best example of this. But this moment, and what she does at the end of the episode as well, are both really great moments of her seeing how she fits into the pack in a way that she hasn't for the whole rest of the narrative, where she's been forced to be alone hmm. and forced to work things out for herself. And this moment where she turns to a sister that she never used to get along with, and says, I want you to stay alive, and here is the tactically right way of doing this. Don't argue. I know what I'm talking about. Now go and stick them with a the pointy end. Mm. Um, like, the, just the sheer confidence of all of that, everything that comes together in the character of Arya in that moment, mm. I thought was really, really fascinating. And actually, I'll say this, I think it justifies the long story that she's been on, and I've been very scathing of that story. <laughs> but actually... <laughs> I really do think that moment was the culmination of, of all of that and it ties together in a really subtle way in a non-melodramatic way but this whole episode is about Arya learning to be part of a pack again mm. and that's that's actually very, very powerful rather than running by herself. Mm. Yeah, so th this this mists on the way in over the battlefield. I love this just shot of the, the dragon going over and sort of strafing and then you see the mist sort of rolling in right yeah, next to it. Yeah, that was a great shot. It was a lovely shot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're back down on the ground and uh, Dolores Ed is the first of our named characters to die um, yeah. as oh, 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 we should note head. by the way Yeah, did you notice that before this though the one moment we got with Dolores Ed before when all the uh, when the, the, the swords got lit up hmm. do you see what we got? no we got a smile Matt we got a Dolores Ed <laughs> smile we got a little sidey grin a little 
this is fucking great out of dollar a said and that's all i needed <laughs> that's the equivalent that's the equivalent of the of uh, of gray worm talking about how much he's going to enjoy his retirement last time <laughs> with dollar a said smiling you're like right well you're done then aren't you son but yeah maybe that's, for, maybe that's for the memories yeah maybe that's like samson getting his hair cut he lost his miserable powers <laughs> <laughs> and it was oh, that's incredible that's absolutely <laughs> true he smiled his shields are down have him <laughs> his shields are down <laughs> It did feel like that at times, didn't it? It um, did, yeah. Yeah, shields yeah. are down. So, because this is, yeah, Outside the Walls is the first time you really get this. I, th- I lost count the number of times sort of Brienne went down screaming and you thought, oh, oh God, that's it. I was so yeah, angry with that as well. Because yeah. every time I didn't know whether I was supposed to have seen the death of a character that I've been asked to be really invested in. Hmm. And the execution of it was never clear enough to be like, Oh, actually, she's been brought back, or, or somebody's gone in hacking for her. First time, Jamie did it. Yeah. Two more times, she's just screaming, but then she's fine. Yeah, yeah. That was a very, very, very curious uh, thing for me. Yeah. So uh, we then sort of go down to the crypt. Uh, there's a very, there is a real sort of Helm's Deep feel to the crypts in this, isn't there? I well, that really echoed for me anyway. The because very I, much. I, yeah. I remember the two towers shots where there's basically these women and children just in the underground and hearing just echoes of sort of battle going on out sort of beyond. Um, Sansa sort of turns up, and Tyrion sort of takes one look at her and just takes another big swig of his wine. Because um, <laughs> that, because you've not got any update from what's going on outside, except when the woman whose job it is to stay alive in the castle turns up in the fortified bunker. You're like, going well, is it then? <laughs> I saw some people online having a problem with the fact that Sansa isn't doing the, um, you know, morale boosting stuff that she did uh, at the sort of. Battle of the Blackwater, but I think that is entirely in keeping with how she's changed. She doesn't yeah. go in for this sort of let's all sing a song to cheer ourselves up bollocks anymore. Even though no, some, I, even even though that can be quite helpful in just keeping people together, she's not that kind of character anymore. She doesn't do that. No, no, absolutely, and she's had it fairly comprehensively beaten out of her by everything that followed the Battle of the Blackwater. Hmm. And yeah, that's that's the game. That's she's just a totally different person. Um, but I, it did mean that, like, the whole emotional... When she went downstairs into the crypt, I did have this strong feeling of, all right, this is going to be... This is the misery bucket, isn't it? This The crypt. <laughs> like, there's ju- just a load of people sitting around, frowning at each other. <laughs> yeah, I did... Um, I got the feeling she was much more sort of closer to Cersei than old Sansa on the dial of sort of empathy with the frightened people below here. She sort of walks in and is like, that's don't an ask. Thing, isn't yeah. It? yeah, no, very much. And I think that's a, that is an interesting reflection of the, you know, the extreme trauma that Sansa has experienced and survived hmm. um, is that she's just not the type of character who will go along with what she's read in the books anymore. You know, it's easy to forget she was introduced to us as a character that loved loved stories of dashing princes, and now she's been married to three of them, and all of them have been horrendous. Or Ty- Tyrion was the best, hmm. and um, and so she's just got none of that left in her anymore. Yeah. Um, back outside, we're up in the sort of the middle of the mist as the two sort of dragons collide, just to give you an idea of how sort of how lost they are up there, I suppose, and yeah. and then we sort of. We see the the armies outside Alder in a general retreat, and the Unsullied yeah. step forward to sort of protect it. And I thought this was this is sort of their finest moment, isn't it? And it shows yeah. how important 
a really well disciplined army can be because yeah. if everybody runs here no one gets pretty much no one gets through the gate because they yeah. get overrun so you need yeah. sort of a disciplined army that's willing to basically sacrifice themselves to get everyone else out and yeah. it always amazes me that 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 actually happens in in real life that people can do that and just yeah. and yeah. just as a group sort of all know that this is what they've trained to do and just do it yeah. and just sort of stand there and and yeah. and and also you saw when you sort of zoom out a little bit and you see sort of the from from above when you see the army like turning on a sixpence and and going into these different formations um yeah. it shows just how useful and how important that kind of discipline is yeah yeah very much it was a really good uh, demonstration of that i thought and and you know as you say like gray worm's finest moment i think is um comes up and i love that they actually give him the time that he needs to sort of sweat the fact that he has to hit the hit the collapsing bridge hmm. so that and and isolate some of his guys on the other side for the greater good of the rest of the the, the army hmm. um and that's they really they really showed us him feeling that and i really appreciated it yeah yeah um then we go down to uh Sort of John lands sort of on top of the wall next to the Godswood, near yeah. near near sort of Bran. So he's sort of oh, back. Did, where was he that was. the Godswood? Yeah. Couldn't, couldn't have told you that for twenty <laughs> quid. Honestly, like yeah. this is what I mean about the execution of these bits. Is like there were some bits where I was clearly supposed to understand where he was. Where I was like, is that a tree? Is he on? <laughs> is hang on. No, wait there. Also, by the way, where the, right at the beginning, when John and Danny were watching the thing from on top of what seems to be some sort of rocky outcrop next yeah. to Winterfell, where, where was that? I don't know. It was just, just some, yeah. some hill nearby. Just some narratively convenient hill. Like, because <laughs> high ground near a castle like Winterfell, that's a stupid idea. People can rain down all sorts of shit on you from that. So that hasn't been there for most of the time, has it? Did they, did they make it? Is that what the dragons were doing beforehand? Was it flying in boulders so they'd have somewhere nice to stand and watch it all go off? <laughs> I do think it's. Uh, we've seen some like wide pans of Winterfell in the past where there's sort of hills nearby. But um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I was willing to sort of just accept that just because it was a good shot, and it, <laughs> it, 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 it's one of those things that That's fair. if if you want some sort of feel for the the sort of the bigger picture and you want to understand you a bit more about it, that, out there. you need yeah. to yeah yeah. So yeah, it's sort it's of very true, very true. The um, but yeah, so we have this retreat, um, and then they've they've got to light the trench. They decide they decide to light the trench, and Davos is like waving waving his sticks in the air like some kind of guy in Die Hard Two um, <laughs> on, the, on the runway. That's exactly it. Brilliant, absolutely <laughs> it, brilliant. You need John McClane out there to set some bed sheets on fire. <laughs> and I like how he shouts, "You can't see us." Fucking hell! Um, th- th- this this was one of the bits that I thought was like uh, it kind of I didn't understand how they could come up with this as the plan, as in get Daenerys to light the trench when yeah. y- you don't think you needed. Dr- uh, may- maybe you did need some kind of extra special magic fire, which is why in the end it's Melisandre who lights it. But they seem yeah. to think they can light it with flaming arrows or just torches as well, and they just they just don't. They, they yeah. don't work, yeah. so they end, end up sending out sending out the red woman, and there there is this. I like the bit where the unsullied come out in this disciplined box to protect her, and then um, yeah. 
she does it just in time. Like obviously the yeah. the red god has a sort of a real feel for the dramatic because he's like, no, no, gone away, <laughs> gone away, gone away. Push the button. <laughs> and then wait there, wait there. No, no, stay with me. It's all gonna be all right. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Sorry, just finishing something. Just yeah. Shazam. <laughs> Boom. It's great. Yeah. There's this moment. She she it gets to the point where she doesn't isn't sure it's actually gonna work. Yeah. Um, and you can see the sort of the, the the terror in her face, and then yeah. as it lights, it sort of lights as this sort of white face comes like flying towards her. That I thought that was that was sort of well done. That was a good moment. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, yeah, yeah. And it and it gives everyone all the living just a the first bit of respite since the attack, as all the sort of the dead just stop by the um by the trench, and there's yeah. this really creepy moment of just. The, the living sort of looking out through the fire at the sort of the dead staring back at them. I tell you, that's an image to to sit with for a bit, isn't it? Like mm. just that, because there is like there's there's the fear of violence that the dead are supposed to represent, but there's just also the fear of our own mortality, and you're just facing that across a burning trench. I mean, that's just an incredibly powerful bit of filmmaking. That's an incredibly powerful little bit of symbolism for everything that this means mm. to everybody inside the castle. Um, because they know that those people were once living like them mm. and now they only serve the purpose of death and that's that was an incredibly powerful moment and then of course they go ahead and pull a uh, Soviet first army solution to the problem <laughs> which is chuck bodies at it and chuck yet more bodies at it yeah um, the, the the hounds sort of finds this particularly powerful the uh, and, and yeah. it's basically had enough he sort of heads 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 into the castle. He basically yeah. he, he reaches his blackwater moment again and thinks I've yeah. had enough. Yeah, um, it's dead interesting to me. This the character of the hound actually became really far more interesting to me in this all over again. Like at the blackwater, where because because it's all fire, it's um it's obviously that's the thing he's frightened of, and like all of his the fact the, the fact that he basically won't let a sentence past his lips without establishing himself as an incredibly violent um uh kind of not you know respecter of no life whatsoever Mm. like sort of is justified by these moments where he's he shows himself to be completely afraid and Mm. you totally get why he then is the way he is even when he's winning battles he's ashamed of the fact that he's the guy that runs away from fire Mm. and this is and, and and you see it again here and i've really powerfully played out and it, it actually sheds light on why he likes Arya so much yeah. she's still alive and she keeps going and she's scared and she keeps going and and that's that is, I think is a really important little driver of their relationship and I'm really glad that we got that in this episode mm. back down in the crypts Tyrion wants to go up and help he's like maybe I'll see something and Sansa basically says look there's no, it's no good you've got to stay yeah. here yeah. Um, th- this is where we have this conversation where she says you know you were the best of them of the um, yeah. of the of the sort of, of her husband's and yeah. I like this that Sansa now is see she's always hustling <laughs> and she does it here <laughs> she's sort of you see she they're having this they're having this what well, I think it is, it is a genuine sort of moment and then yeah. you just see this flicker on her face as she realizes maybe she can use this and she says oh it wouldn't work anyway now because of the, you know your divided loyalties and it yeah. takes it takes Miss Andy stepping in, saying, "Yeah, it'd all be simpler if the Dragon Queen wasn't here. We'd all just be dead." 
Um, yeah. But I just yeah, like said they dropping truth bombs and walking <laughs> off. I was with yeah. her on that one. Like yeah. Sansa, now is not the time. All right. <laughs> I like the fact that for Sansa, now is always the time. Like with, with like yeah. intrigue, she's that's what she's yeah. learned. Like always try yeah. and press an advantage. And even at this yeah. moment where everyone's pulling together, she's thinking. How can I make the outcome better for my family and for the North and for anyone else? Yeah, it's yeah. um, it, it's a bit sort of Cersei-ish, and um, it is yeah. Quite dark. And, and Cersei is a very important figure in her development as a human, which is obviously a horrible position to have found yourself in. Hmm. But but yeah, that's exactly what happened. Yeah, um, yeah, and she's, it is very Cersei-ish, and I and it sort of I it was this moment where I started to get a little bit confused slash frustrated with what was going on down in the crypt as well because I, di- I didn't quite get what it was about hmm. it was just kind of sitting there waiting and Sansa being vaguely unpleasant hmm. was what was happening and actually that theme continues throughout the rest of the scenes in the crypt where I'm like what is this for? what's yeah. happening here? Um, yeah, yeah. I, th- I thought it was quite an interesting I said before quite an interesting um, comparison to the the Red Keep in, in, uh, in Blackwater where it's just people waiting to see how a battle turns out. And that time you had Cersei getting drunk and Sansa trying to keep morale up. And this time you've yeah. got Tyrion getting drunk and Sansa just not interested in not speaking to anyone, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and Varys making one quip. I think that's been the sum total of his involvement in the entire series. It's well. quite sad, isn't it? <laughs> Varys, like, I like that he got the first exchange in the first episode, but the rest of it is just... Yeah, okay. it feels like, like he's oh, he's just he's being kept around for something later on, but they're not they're not really yeah. sure what to do with him at the moment. I agree with that, and I, that's quite sad because Varys is a great character, yeah. and but I suppose he's a great character in the context of intrigue. So you just basically got you've got a crypt full of elderly women, very young children, and people with no military ability whatsoever, all sitting around torturing themselves over the fact that you can't. You can't devious your way past an army of the dead, yeah. And like yeah. they're all just sitting there waiting for language to return to the fore of how politics happens, yeah. so they can actually be useful. Yeah, that yeah, that's it, isn't it? That is what the crypts are all about in this in this uh, in this episode, I suppose. We've we've found it. Yeah. We've found the point. <laughs> um, so yeah, so we have that. We're back up then to the Godswood, and Theon's saying they've lit the trench, and the way he says it suggests that they've lit the trench pretty early like i got the impression from his reaction yeah, to this I thought that as well. this isn't going well already yeah. Yeah. like i was expecting there to be a solid 90 minutes of fighting the army of the dead before that happens yeah um and not unreasonably you've got dothraki out there yeah <laughs> yeah yeah um bran sort of kind of gives him theon a bit theon apologizes for what, what he's done says sorry and bran says you know everything you've done has brought you here um, and is, that's about as comforting as it gets from Bran, and then um, and then he sort of heads off. Um, he he goes into his sort of warg mode, and, <laughs> and and goes goes flying with the crows to check out where the Night King is. And this is the moment where we finally know that the Night King is here, because there was a lot of talk mm. about is he actually even going to be at this, or is he sort of on a little sly mission down to King's Landing instead? But no, no, yeah. he's here. And we, yeah. this is this is where he sort of makes his his first appearance. I quite like it if the Night King had tried to go off on a little sort of little side holiday, little mini break <laughs> to King's Landing before winter reaches King's Landing. Because wouldn't he just melt? Isn't that the thing? Like he kind kind of can only come as far as 
the extreme cold does. Yeah. Now imagine him walking through the streets of this lovely Mediterranean city, just kind of looking really uncomfortable, pulling at that, pulling at the collar of his increasingly saggy, uh, you know, snow-based attire, just going, "Boy, it's a bit much, isn't it? Need <laughs> a cold beer or something here." <laughs> yeah, but that's not what we get. No, no, what we get is him sort of ordering the continuation of the attack, as you say the solution to this burning trench is just to throw bodies into it to put the fire out or to dampen down the flames this is this was this even the first watch for me was like mm, all we've been told with the whites in the past is just sort of they may as well be have carried those tags that says extremely flammable on them so yeah. so it, it's it was a bit i was surprised that, that i'd have thought when a white goes into that it just goes up straight away but yeah you know, fine. I mean, I, it wasn't a massive issue for me, but I, I did think that that kind of goes against what we've been taught to to believe about the yeah. whites. Yeah, and this was this was just an irritating moment for me as well. And insofar as, like you say, like this is supposed to be something where it stops going our friend's way, and I'm supposed to be irritated by that, and that's that's good. That's okay that I feel that way. But then it was also a little bit. I'm not sure this is consistent with what we've been told. And like I say. This is just kind of adds to the list to me of things which are not consistent with what I thought I had been told about how this story was going to go off, hmm. and you know this is one of them. Yeah. Um. I, and I, again, I do think you know there were jumps in logic in the telling of this episode which weren't, which weren't consistent, which weren't correct. Yeah. Um. I don't think they've hit the high high watermark they were expecting to hit for themselves. Hmm. I mean, I've got, I think I need to sort of point out that again, like I said at the start, my first watch of this was just quite different to yours insofar as it was just an absolute thrill ride, and I was I couldn't wait for the, every time the little sort of Game of Thrones logo came up, I couldn't wait for the next scene, and yeah. and yeah. at the end of it, like we just looked at each other like, wow, what a ride! That was that was amazing, and I yeah. think you only start a lot of these things that that we're bringing up certainly from my point of view only are only really things that have become issues as I've sit and watched it two or three times and started to try and pick yeah. it apart um, that's that's fair enough and I, I think I'd, I've done the same thing but I never got the chance because of the way that it, uh, it was it was streamed to me yeah um, and the way that it was put together and published and all that I never got the chance to have the thrill ride I just went straight to that feels wrong you've done that wrong this hasn't worked what are you doing here and mm. i'm sort of like i felt quite like i was quite desperately scrabbling after the bits of the story that i cared about mm. and the things that i was there to be impressed by yeah um and this yeah this 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 bit of crossing the trench was all right it certainly wasn't the most egregious but it was a good example of hang on what mm. <laughs> and that's not a moment you're supposed to have when you're on a thrill ride it's like stopping halfway through a roller coaster to work out if the physics is correct for the next bend mm. you know you're like eh, what so they, they they cross the trench and they they're at the walls so um there's a uh, there's this sort of these calls down in the courtyard as they send the um the sort of the melee fighters up to the walls to to relieve the archers so the archers yeah. then sort of go up to the little towers um yeah I do, I, I do think for a lot of it, and I think up until here for me, the signpost and the battle I thought was really quite good. I, I, um, even though you didn't know massively, sort of, you know, as you said, how many of the dead there are, because you don't, because they're just sort of, they're in the darkness for everybody. Um, yeah. I did feel that they did a good, they did a really good sort of um, job of showing the ebb and flow of what was going on. So it starts 
Dothraki charge, they go with you know, they get they get just wiped out. So things are leaning towards the the dead. Then there's the big attack and they're getting pushed back. The dead are winning. Then the then there's the the dragons intervention. You think oh the living are back on top. Then the mist comes in back the other way and. And then once they go behind the, the trench, there's, there's the respite. But then you hear from Theon that this is bad. Because, you know, he he's obviously worried about how quickly it's happened. Yeah. Um, but it's once the sort of the walls are breached that I think it it kind of it kind of stops. Then everything's on hold. Um, there's there's the bit in the courtyard where they've got sort of um, these extra little sort of they're almost like tank destroyer things from the Second World War, aren't they? These big X's, <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, studded yeah. with um, dragon glass, which stop them a bit. But it it just kind of felt once the, once they're over the walls, it's just yeah. it's, then it becomes a lot more confusing as to how the battle's going. It's just everyone slowly getting slowly getting defeated and slowly getting yeah. killed. Yeah. Um, and if that's I, the case, then it, it went on. I think I, I couldn't. What I'm trying to say is, once they're over the walls, I wasn't sure how so many people survived so long. Yes, yes, Which I couldn't problem, agree with you more on that. Yeah, that, and that's a huge problem for me. And I, I think I'm, like I'm saying, I was, I wasn't caught by the sort of kinetic rush of the first bit of the battle as much as you were. Hmm. So I, I sort, I think I started, I started picking it apart far sooner than I should have done. But um, I agree with you. Up to this point, while I've had my problems with it there's a number of things that they could have done to continue the way the story was being told that would have made what they'd done to this point make perfect sense and be mm. really smart setup moves for the way the battle's going to go down but yeah i agree once they come through the walls i'm like okay like and winterfell is supposed to be a city so you're supposed to be able you could be able to fight in it for a good long time mm. but all we really had we didn't have any establishing shots weirdly you know what i mean we didn't have you know, here's the godswood, here's the tower, here's the keep, here's the here's the the courtyard, all of that. Mm. We didn't have very many of those, so I didn't really have a sense of how it all tied together. And so in my brain, same as yours, they've gone through the walls, right, the castle's overrun. How the hell is everybody still alive? You know, as far as I'm concerned, this is now a bag full of the dead. And mm. and everybody should be doing something. Which made the Arya scene that we get in a little bit just totally incomprehensible. Mm. Um uh, yeah, I I agree with you. From this point, the execution of the battle was not purposefully chaotic. It was just a bit cack-handed, I thought. So so as they as they hit the walls, Gen- Gendry sort of waiting at the top, getting ready to sort of smash the first fool who gets who gets to the top. <laughs> and I thought here as he's waiting, I thought we were going to get sort of an alien style. How someone's going to come over and just grab him and lift him out. Um, and I was yeah. quite relieved when it didn't. Um, and they sort of they start sort of trying to fight fight them off at the top of the wall. Um, yeah. I, as soon as well, as soon as I thought I thought either Gendry or someone is getting pulled over the top of this wall. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and luckily for the named characters, it's just some red shirt, so it's it's fine. It's just some red shirt, exactly. <laughs> um, I, I t- actually, this this makes me think as well. Talking about the pacing of the battle. Um, Helm's Deep is the obvious comparison to draw here from the two towers in Lord mm. of the Rings. And that, you always know exactly what's going on. You know how serious it is when the wall gets blown up. You know how serious it is. You know where they are. You, you have this sense of who's come over the wall and who hasn't come over the wall. Mm. You get a sense of how the battle is kind of going down. And that's because they make more of the fighting on the battlements bit. Mm. Whereas this is just, they're through now and it's all just gone to shit. Mm. And just chaos, you don't, yeah. You, yeah, you don't understand it in the same way. So I sort of wish they'd hired Peter Jackson to do it, to be honest. Um, we do have um, 
Arya on the sort of getting this double-edged spear out and um, starting to <laughs> wreak havoc on the walls. I lo- the thing I love about this is she she this is, it's an amazing moment because she puts all this sort of um, all these skills she learned as the sort of a faceless man into into action with the with the double-edged yeah. sort of staff and that all the stuff yeah. she did with the waif a couple of seasons ago, which we were. We sort of gritted our teeth and got through. Um, but then, she- <laughs> yeah, and again, that's a lot to put into justifying one single very <laughs> impressive piece of armed combat in this episode, isn't it? Yeah, but the thing I love about it is she leaves a trail of the, the dead in her wake and then like dashes off to the next bit, and then the camera just pans up to Davos just standing there like, ooh. <laughs> 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 it is quite good, isn't it? Again, serves to, as well as being very funny, serves to reinforce the fact that nobody knows that Arya is quite such a badass. Yeah, and and like now they're definitely going to know because of what goes on in this episode. But because we know, it's easy to forget that to everybody else, she's just the kid sister of the household who's turned up and has a slightly creepy way of talking to people, <laughs> yeah. um, and killed Peter Baelish. You know, which is a sort of weird thing to be chosen to do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. Um, little Lyanna moment versus the giants. This is where we come to this bit. Hey! <clears throat> the giant comes crashing through. A dead giant. One one. This is zombie one one. By the way, is it? Yeah. See, I wasn't sure about that. I've I've heard that from other people, but I thought when we saw like the all the dead going past the hole in the wall at the end of last season, there's a giant yeah. there with them, and I just thought it was that one because it's. It's sort of. Oh no! You no, you're absolutely right because this happens before all the dead are raised, and one was yeah. at the Battle of the Bastards, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah so, exactly. oh shit! I thought this was a great little callback. No, it's just one of the other one of the other zombies that one of the other giants that they killed back in, whenever they were taking over all the hard home. I think. Yeah, it could be that. Oh, it could be the um, the a giant got killed at the at the wall, didn't it? Yeah. Um, back back way back when. But anyway, well, anyway, it's some giant doesn't really matter, yeah. and um. This this is sort of intercut with a couple of other things that are going on, but basically what happens is the dragon bashes Lyanna out of the way, and then um, she gets up, does this sort of death or glory charge. He picks her up, squeezes her, which is horrible, oh, and she does horrible, the like last minute pfft, dagger yeah. through the eye move, and yeah. uh, it's a it's a it's a it's a sort of strong way for her to go out. And again, yeah. just a reminder that Game of Thrones doesn't shy away from killing children. Um, should the opportunity <laughs> yeah. arise, it's it's not. I saw an I saw an article which was like, "This is not a good episode for the preteens of Westeros." And abs- <laughs> absolutely right. Um, but she's great. Like, I just I really want this. Like the the actress that they've had doing this, she just absolutely nails this character, and I buy it. You know, I buy this eleven year old badass, hmm. and that's incredibly cool. Yeah. Like the sheer sort of you know. Icy determination, um, and it is a horrible way they show her getting crushed. Like it really felt believable to me, and she acts it really, really well. And then the death. This was this was felt to me like the first classic Game of Thrones battle moment where you're like, "Wow, hmm, yeah, um, yeah." That was it was great. Um, meanwhile, on the battlements, Aya loses a spear and um, and mm. kind of loses her nerve as well. She um, she has of that moment like the Hound, where I think she sort of suddenly realises how dangerous or how sort of the I don't know, just fear sort of takes over and she's running for her life and yeah. um, and b- down sort of in the courtyard Beric and the Hound see her and this is what gets the Hound moving again um, and they yeah. go, go after her to, to try and protect her Yeah, and actually 
thinking about it that way, that actually has a better resonance than I thought with the Hound, first of all. Hmm. That it is Arya being scared and in danger that moves the Hound to whatever compassion looks like in the Hound's life. Um, to move past his own fear in order to help somebody else with what she's afraid of. Hmm. He would only do that for Arya in the entire world. Um, but um, but also it's a chime between Arya and the Hound because she's scared too, you know. She's she's kind of embraced this idea of fighting bravely, which he ran away from. Um, but she has the same weaknesses as he does, and mm. maybe that's you know they're both younger siblings. They're both very much in the shadow of older siblings. Um, they've both been brutalized by their experience, and um, that's their sense of connection. And they they both are frightened at certain mm. points, and that's why the hound kind of turns back to save her, which all makes. The there's a zombie in the kitchen. What are we going to do? Sequence, a lot more meaningful to me. Hmm. Um, which we, again, we'll come to it. But I just found it so. When I watched it, I found it infuriating. But actually, if it's about Arya refinding her fortitude, you know, I can I can get there. You know hmm. what I'm saying? Um, yeah. Then we we sort of, we sort of zoom up to the to the sky, and it's quite. Um, I, I thought that this was quite striking. Just so calm, everything is up there you know yeah. it's all chaos yeah. down there then we zoom up through the clouds and you've got John and Daenerys on the dragon just looking on the dragons just looking for the Night King and he sort of bursts out of the out of the clouds and as a sort of it's almost like he chases uh, Daenerys and tries to blue flame her ass and um, <laughs> they just about get away and he disappears yeah. again and the two yeah. dragons and then they go looking for him and I just like those two moments of calm either side of it were it's a beautiful shot above the clouds with these two sort of majestic yeah. sort of creatures just um, yeah. just looking for the, the next sort of the next moment yeah yeah uh, it was those moments were good a bit undermined for me by reminding me of the, the worst Matrix film um, <laughs> it reminded me of that bit in the Matrix Revolutions. Um, which which but, bit? I, don't, I, don't, I saw it years ago. I don't, I've only ever seen it. Once oh right. Well, so ago. there's a bit. You know, in the Matrix law, like the reason that like the humans tried to beat the machines by blocking out the sun, basically, and like shrouding the Earth in cloud forever, and everything's been taking place in this very gloomy world. And then there's this sort of fight between these ships that uh, Neo and Neo and um, Trinity are on one of them, and they <gasps> saw through this cloud cover for the first time. Mm. and see the sun for the first time or Trinity does because Neo's blind at this point right. um, because because symbolism um, but yeah the, this whole sequence just made me think of that like being high up away from all this horrible dark chaos and suddenly there's light and um, and uh, yeah it was simultaneously quite nice and a little bit of a bummer because it reminded me of the Matrix Revolutions which I don't really <laughs> want to think about again <laughs> we then move to this scene as you've you've uh, mentioned a couple of times already um are you in the in the library uh, sort of stealth yeah. mode engaged um, <laughs> uh, one thing i want right. to say about this is i love i'm not quite sure what these 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 lads are doing these whites but they sort of thought <laughs> we've had enough we can't be out we're going to sort of tech in a few books see a bit of winterfell <laughs> is, they're, just, they're basically the, bunking yeah. off yeah, this is this feels like the B team because the rest of the castle is getting overrun and they're all in, you know, runny, screamy, slashy, rotty kind of mode in the way that you'd expect the army of the dead to be. And then they come here and they're like, now, lads, here we go. It's time for the George Romero tribute act. Yeah. So it's all shuffling, high tension and definitely not seeing a human being that's running around in front of you. All right, mm. we all ready for that? We all ready for that? And it just felt a bit like the, the showrunners having their zombie cake and eating it. Um, 
So I call it. I'm calling it. There's a zombie in our kitchen. What we're going to do as a very, very tenuous reference to our Jurassic Park bit about there's a raptor in the kitchen. Oh yeah. Um, and and it did feel like like it's very like if it's not an homage to that sequence, it fucking should be. Yeah. Because um, that's exactly what's happening, and I think Jurassic Park did it better. And I didn't <laughs> like this is just because again because of what I've been kind of told to expect about the battle, which is high tempo chaos you know, untrammeled rage of the dead coming at the living with everything they've got. How the hell is this bit of the castle, first of all, not constantly being overrun? Even if this is the B team, even if they've decided to just phone it in, how is it not constantly being overrun by, you know, zombies with a a greater sense of purpose, smashing (laughs) through the doors at double pace, going, come on, lads, it's time to... What are you doing in here? Shuffling around like this is Shaun of the Dead. No, 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 no. Come on, here we go. Remember, remember? (laughs) Scream, scream, swing, swing. Rip the fucking jaws off. Here we go. We all ready? Rip the fucking jaws off. Off we go. (laughs) And and it just felt so out of keeping with the rest of the episode that it totally dumped me out of trusting that I was going to get any further information about how this battle was going to go off. Like, Mm. it's another step off the rails, to mix a metaphor, um, from as you say, from the fairly well-executed bits early on in the episode, where, like, it could have all come back together, into, mm. like, so you just decided you wanted a, a zombie in a zombie in a, a quiet room sequence. Uh, Alright, but that's not the episode you've been making to this point, so the hell are you playing at? Was how I felt about it. And I can't decide whether the fact that this is, this is a sequence that exists to get Arya to help her sort of get her shit back together, whether that's good enough. I don't know. What did mm. you think? I, I wasn't sort of nearly as, as worried about it in that way. I, I kind of, I was quite happy with it because, I mean, there is an issue with sort of, the idea is there's a sort of bit of a hive mind, isn't there, with <clears throat> with the, 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 the army of the dead, in which case, why are some of them just sort of wandering about? Yeah. Um, it, it would have made more sense in the sort of a traditional zombie film where, like, the... Uh, a, a big sort of load of them come barreling through, kill everybody in the way, and then there are a few stragglers just sort of wandering about because that's what they do. Um, yeah. it did, thinking about it as you were talking about it, I thought what it reminds me a bit of is sort of if you play any sort of strategy games and um, and you've got like a big army that you're controlling and you send them somewhere, you direct them, and then you come back a bit later on and there's always a few sort of stragglers just wandering about because once yeah. you stop giving them direction, they just do whatever the hell they like. And it felt yeah. a bit like that. There's just sort of, the, the, de- the dead have come sort of roaring through here. There's, all, there's loads of bodies on the floor already. So they've killed yeah. whoever's around. And most of them have gone rushing off to the next bit and a few of them are just sort of just struggling about. And this is, this is what's left. Huh. And yeah. I think there is an issue, as I said before, with the fact the walls have now been breached. I don't understand why, how how they're putting up such a good fight in the courtyard now. But yeah. I didn't mind the fact that, yeah, okay, there's probably a big fight still going on outside. We know that's happening. And meanwhile, Arya's just trying to sort of survive. And she's lost her, um, she's lost her sort of sense of confidence for actually fighting. So she's yeah. trying to run away. I think what this does do, <clears throat> I think one of the reasons it's here actually, beyond they wanted a zombie scene, is yeah. it's trying to provide a bit more cover and a bit more of a reminder for how good Aya is at being silent. Um, you know, <laughs> do, do, you know, do you know, like, do you know, yeah, like this, do you know like this yeah. stuff? Um, yeah. She, she spent the, the, one of the big things that she learned in all that time with the faceless men is you can be sort of in the shadows and no one sees you. And this is yeah. just showing that she can do that even when she's 
even when she's terrified. Yeah. Um, and I, I thought that was quite an important thing, just a signpost for what comes later that she she yes. does she does do stealth better than any other person alive, unless you're in the Faceless Men. Yeah, and do you know what? I think that's a really solid argument because she's this is actually she's had to rely on this skill from moment one, long before the Faceless Men. You know, she gets away from. Uh, from her, the people who come to capture her, hmm. because she's so good at being silent, and she does all that with Sirio Florel, you know, silence and and you know, staying up on the walls and all the rest of it, and moving like a cat. So, hmm. actually, again, on reflection, I think this is more justified than I thought it was. But I still, and I think that the, the suggestion about the zombies being super slow after the fact uh, uh, really works as well. But to make to really make the difference clear i could have really done with some sort of establishing shot again a sort of zoom out rooftop thing at winterfell just relocating me in the thing and showing Mm. you know like all this fire and battle and stuff is still going on over here and over here the dead have already moved through and all the lights are off and and this is where Arya has ended up yeah Um, yeah yeah like i could have i could have done with that because otherwise i was just thinking right where's this is it how is there not just a massive battle going on on the other side of the glass? Why are all these zombies pretty chilled out? You know, they bring their own <laughs> Scooby snacks or what? Like just, inquisitive, just, just learning a bit. You know, yeah, I like exactly. See one, like, like with a book open. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it, I mean it's it's the it's the sort of lads holiday that's got one guy on it that really does want to look at all the churches in Rome and like you know like that's not the vibe of what we're going for here, Brian. Um, but. Um, uh, and yes, I absolutely would have been that guy. By the way, I should put that out there. That that would be my role in the Army of the Dead to go looking for the library. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but yeah, like it just that it just felt so incongruous still. But I think you've, that's a really solid argument that helps me connect a lot more with why this is about Arya, like why this is important and not just a Jurassic Park ripoff. And <laughs> um, she leaves and gets a very quick stealth kill. Um, as she sort of runs into one of the whites on the way in, and I, oh, with yeah. the, both times, the first two times I saw this, the the white was dead before I even knew whether it was a person or a white, and I think that's probably the case with with Arya as well. I with think she Arya kills as it well. before she knows what it is, and I think yeah, it's a bit of yeah. a, whew, yeah, it was it was already dead. <laughs> yeah, good goodness, thank goodness for that. But it also <laughs> kind of gets her groove back a little bit, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. She's, she's remembered how to be a silent. Silent, and now she's remembered how to be an assassin. And yeah. now she's back to being a silent assassin, which will become relevant. <laughs> yeah, but the, this bit, this sort of bit, ends with another group of um, another group of white sort of bursting through a different door, um, sort of an adjoining corridor, and suddenly she's she's running for her life again. Um, yeah. We then go down to the crypts again. This is a very short bit where they hear some noises outside and some screams and some. I think some people shouting to open the doors and then it all goes quiet and again it's just a it's a reminder yeah. for everyone stuck down there that things aren't going very well at the top yeah 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 N- another swig of Tyrion's drink as well um, <laughs> I really feel like there's a drinking game to be had with this episode of paying attention to when Tyrion drinks when Tyrion drinks drink you will be drunk inside the first 15 minutes of the episode um Yeah, so next up we have Arya running through the corridor and um, it's the uh, the Hound and Beric going after her and they're sort of making their way towards where they think she is and she ends up bursting through this door like in this sort of, like she's grabbed by one of the whites, isn't she? And yeah. 
if they get there just in time and Beric has to throw his sword um, yeah. which is an epic moment <sighs> like, just, just yeah. to, sort of, to save it absolutely there was a bit of I'm not quite sure why Beric would do that except for he you know this is he clearly believes this to be his last roll of the dice mm. like the red woman he believes he's been kept alive by the lord of light for such a time as this mm. and so but it's still a bit I'm not sure given that he hasn't seen Arya be terribly impressive and that therefore we have to assume that he just thinks she's a 12 year old or whatever the 16 year old 18 year old whatever whatever she is you know like just some kid basically mm. yeah. um why he would be like I have this magic weapon that definitely helps me deal with all of these things and I'm going to throw it away to save her life. Mm-hmm. Um, why he would think that was a good idea, even though it clearly is. Yeah, I mean, he has some... He's, he's always had some connection with her as well from when when they called her originally, that the Brotherhood. Yeah. Um, they, they, both these characters have sort of, yeah, know her relatively well, I suppose. And um, they've, yeah. So, yeah, they've just suddenly made it there their job to to protect her as they see that she's yeah. she's she's struggling um yeah. so yeah he throws it then we get this sort of it's a bit of a sort of tag team between them that they keep taking it in turns to to sort of pull her away while the other one yeah. sort of holds off the um yeah the the, 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 the suddenly reanimated body of the dead rather than the the shambling b team the a team <laughs> are back on it yeah yeah um, and sort of Beric goes down like and dies hard here. He, I like yeah. that this this moment where sort of because he's no sword and no weapon, yeah. he's sort of fighting yeah. them, just throwing his body in the way. And there's a bit yeah. where like some of them come up the other corridor, like behind them, and he just yeah. sort of pushes Zaya right the way and just runs at them and shoves them against the wall. Um, yeah. His, yeah, his last shot with him framed with his arms spanning the stone passageway, just letting mm. him have a go. Yeah, uh, incredible. Like as as moving as Hodor dying, I would say. Yeah, yeah. Um, like really, really, really powerful for that reason as well. Just like, and I sort of love that the the, the dead is stupid enough to be like, well, I'd have to keep running after her, but he's here, so nobody go any further until we've properly skeletonized him yeah <laughs> and it works <laughs> it gets, you get the impression that these guys are actually the, still the b team even though this is very much the b team of the dead <laughs> um and then we had so, so that they end up getting into this sort of into this room and uh and sort of they bar the door and beric makes it in there and that's where he dies um it, it's interesting that all the sort of major deaths, none of them have last words, which I quite I quite like. You don't have any yeah. of the tropes of, you know, yeah. the, the last words. Every single one of these big characters dies with nothing they else just died said because it's a battle. Yeah, yeah. and or it's all done through the their expression. They have said, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, and then it turns out Melisandre's just chilling in this room as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh hello! Do you want to pull up a chair? I've got a fire going. Yeah. And um, and she she says, you know, Beric's Beric's job's done. This is what he was brought back, however many yeah. times to do was to save you. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that's that's quite a. I dig that Melisandre knows that. I just wonder how Beric knew that. But then again, who can say? Yeah. And uh, does he need to know? It's just something that he. It's sort of it, even if he doesn't know that. I think it's within his character to 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 just do sort that. Of roll, roll with the vibe a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 yeah solid. Solid. It's amazing how his his character has sort of come on in the last couple of seasons because he yeah. he was a vaguely sort of tiresome 
sort of blowhard for a while i felt yeah, <laughs> very yeah. yeah it's going on and yeah. on about the lord of light and we've not really much to show for it and he was yeah. a bit one-dimensional but by the end yeah. i think he was he was actually quite a quite a you know, really good character well there is a slight parallel here isn't there with extremely religious people where it's like in normal everyday life it can be quite tiresome if somebody somebody's only topic of conversation is what they believe in Mm. it can be quite tiresome because that's not all that human beings talk and think about all the time but it does mean that in the pinch they're often fantastic because they have this massive kind of wellspring of of belief that drives them to do things that the rest of us just aren't properly prepared to do yeah um you know what i mean like that actually feels quite consistent because the battlement scene in the last episode where ari is like i am not dying with you boring shitheads <laughs> whereas she's delighted that he dies with her this time because it keeps her alive and that's very very that that feels in keeping with this kind of monomaniacal character who is nonetheless quite warm yeah um as you say sort of feels feels appropriate and then Melisandre says to uh, to Arya, she reminds her of her that sort of prophecy that she made. Because Arya says, "You said that I'd kill, you know, close a lot of eyes. You were right." And she says, Melisandre says, "You know, brown eyes, green eyes, blue eyes, and sort of hey, gives her a look, hey, and a little do, nudgy, nudgy." <laughs> and then they have this: "What do we say to the god of death? Not today." And on, yeah. on Arya goes. Yeah, yeah, mm. that was. That was pretty great. I have questions about what she's doing in the 20 minutes between now and when she next appears in the narrative. <laughs> but this this was a great setup thing, and again, great little callback. And um, like it was a, you know, I'm a sucker. You know, I, I'll go for any time that a, a bit of narrative feels like it's sort of coalescing around something, something that might actually happen and might be meaningful. Mm. Yeah, I think she. Yeah, she does sort of just disappear now. And I think what they're they're hoping, the people behind the show, is that you forget about her. Um, yeah. And then she comes comes back as a shock <laughs> later on. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. As well, having run laps around the entire castle, I assume. But. <laughs> well, you're gonna stealth it. You gotta stealth it slowly. Slow that is true. Steady. That's true. If you're gonna stealth it, you gotta stealth it slowly, as we've seen. Uh, back in the Godswood, and um, the. It's, it's looking like the um, yeah the, the dead have reached the godswood now because Theon yeah. says get ready. Um, yeah. There's a weird thing here in that at the start when all the sort of people are going to the positions, um, Alice yeah. Karstark is with them, yeah. and earlier on, like when you have the scenes in the godwood, she's there as well. And yeah. by the time it all kicks off, she's you don't see her again. I'm she's not quite not sure there. where she goes. Okay, option A, the actress was sick when they did the last scene. <laughs> yeah. Option B, somehow she's a CGI character and they just ran out of money. <laughs> uh, option C, um, uh, she's a car stuck, so she's fucked off. She's she's trying to negotiate terms independently with the uh, with with the Night King. Like sort of. Listen, if you want, I hate these fuckers. Shall we? Sh- yeah, brilliant. Let's talk. And. <laughs> <laughs> um, Anyway, whatever happened to her, we never find out. Um, maybe we'll find out next week. Uh, meanwhile, the the Night King descends on Winterfell on the dragon and blasts a hole in the wall. Um, and yeah, that's his that's his baller move, isn't it? Like walls, <laughs> yeah. I shit him. <laughs> and then John on Rhaegar goes, "Oh no, you didn't!" And he bashes into <laughs> him 
and then we're, <laughs> we're on to a sort of a dragon fight in the sky. I imagine, yeah. considering the sort of streaming issues you had, this is one of those moments where it was just a collection of sort of slightly less grey things and the odd flash yeah. of blue. It absolutely was. It was mm. completely unfollowable. But at this point, I had also sort of given up trying to follow it too closely. Mm. Um, and it's worth saying, like, I was watching it in HD as much as I could. You know mm. what I mean? Like, it was, I wasn't, it, I would, this wasn't some, like, dodgy illegal stream. You know what I mean? I was watching a proper platform and I was watching it at good resolution. And this was still nowhere. Is mm-hmm. that, hang on, well, the blue's happening, so probably bad. Um, I still don't understand how John hasn't fallen off. <laughs> Got some sort of magic dragon glue that keeps him stuck to it while it's doing loop-de-loops uh great i suppose that's about as good as i could get on this scene yeah the um this, uh, f- f- let me tell you from what i saw it's, 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 it's good <laughs> yeah. do tell me matt what happened i've got i've had to go on from needing you next to me to do the sort of footnotes for the history of each character to needing you to actively explain to me what's happening on screen at any given moment it reminds me there's some film i don't know what it is but there's like someone's blind and it's like, describe it to me. <laughs> I feel like the, the... I that's it. I can't remember I've seen that film as well. I can't remember what it is, but you are that guy. Is it, you are the describe it to me guy. Is it is it The Matrix Three? Is it Neo and um is that where we're getting it from? Oh it like, might be. Yeah. Sunrise? That's how badly I've forgotten it. Brilliant. <laughs> Two ways in which this film has failed to align itself to the high watermark in large battles in Helm's Deep but has managed to align itself to the low watermark in third parts of trilogies and long-form storytelling in The Matrix Revolutions. <laughs> <laughs> Describe it to me. Anyway, yeah, um, there's there's a bit where, an amazing bit where it looks like uh, the John's dragon, is it Ray Raygal or whatever? Um, it's pretty, not pretty, Drogon the dragon. No, it's not. It, um, oh, it's, it sort of t- pretty much tears out the throat of the other dragon, and you have yeah. this like bit of sort of blue flame that just leaks through it for the rest of, for the rest of sort of the, I, the episode. I loved that. I really yeah. loved that as a bit of continuity. It was such a good way of pointing out this thing can be losing half its neck and can still challenge you and damage you and be dangerous. Yeah. So so John's dragon takes a few sort of a few blows, but yeah, puts the other one down. It seems, and yeah. then and then it sort of crash lands and throws John clear. Not clear, sort of what the fate of that dragon is um yeah. it didn't look like it i had, thought that yeah it didn't look like it had been killed but the way it sort of goes down as like crash lands suggests it at the very least yeah. is badly injured and you don't see it again yeah um, this is very much the uh, the bit in independence day where will smith crashes a plane and just walks away from it yeah yeah isn't it like that <laughs> not good not a good moment at all it it did feel throughout this with john and daenerys on the dragons that I, i'm not convinced how much they actually pilot them. It feels to me like they just hold on. For <laughs> they just hang on. Yeah. yeah. At which point it is a little bit. Do you need to be there? Could you not just say go that way? Don't kill anything with a pulse. And <laughs> you know all the meat you can eat, lads. It's back on the menu, and just let them let them sort of get to it. I suppose, yeah. I suppose you need some sort of directions in ge- in general, in terms so they of, don't just fly off. Yeah, like, <laughs> go over here, go over there. But when it comes yeah. down to the sort of yeah, the actual logistics of you know how to fight. I think they just yeah. do it, and, and the others just that the humans just hang on, don't they? As best they can. Um, yeah. Someone yeah. who hasn't hung on is the Night King. So when yeah. this when this dragon battle's going on, he's yeah. trying to get his spear out to do his sort of chuck the spear routine again, and yeah. um, 
and as he's trying to do it, he falls off the dragon uh, and lands <laughs> on, the, on the ground. This is a really difficult piece of characterization, the Night King, because we still never hear him speak. Hmm. But we, you know, they do have to put some sort of character in it. They have to have a bit of a performance here, and I'm not sure it wholly works. Like the sort of because he's just supposed to be terrifying and unstoppable and kind of characterless but mm. you sort of have to have him have a character and you know so it turns out he's a bit of a maladroit dragon rider uh, <laughs> you know <laughs> oh okay <laughs> yeah yeah he's not used to it he falls off um he lands Daenerys comes flying in the dragon screeching away she stops above him and's like oh yeah here it comes the coup de gras Dracarys <laughs> And she lights him up. And yeah. at, at any point, did you think this is going to be, this is it? No. no me I neither. Was, me I, neither. No. And, and I don't know if that's a failing of me as a viewer, just because I'm like, we're not nearly far enough through the story here. There hasn't been a really horrible, you know, darkest before the dawn moment yet. And so we need to have one. Mm. And oh, look. Uh, and also, none of the dead have yet been raised, and I find that a stupid thing not to do if this is where he dies. Mm. So those things put together made me sit there going, ah, oh, it's not happening. Mm. But I can't work out if that's me being a cynical viewer or them not telling their story well enough. Well, I at first thought, no chance, even though they've said this is what we think is going to kill him. And then yeah. it it went on for so like the flames went on for so long, I thought, oh, may- maybe. And then you see him sort of standing there with this big, shit-eating grin in his face He's, going, it is a uh, shit-eating uh, uh, grin isn't it <laughs> <laughs> I'm back doing the, doing the Dennis Nedry he didn't say the magic word yeah <laughs> that's it isn't it by the way I think we can all get on board with the idea that Wayne Knight as the Night King would be a fantastic uh, fantastic <laughs> casting choice the Wayne Knight King hey Shazam um, so yeah, so it doesn't work. He picks up the spear and has another go at hitting Drogon, misses again, and Daenerys yeah. has to sort of bail to um, sort of to get away. Um, and John just sort of draws his sword and's like, "Right then, it's up to me, Azora High, one on one, top of the card, fight list." <laughs> yeah, he looks around and goes, oh, "I'm the king. I'm going to have this. That's what kings <laughs> do." This. There's a very brief. Um, just cut away in the middle of this to Jorah in the courtyard yeah. here in the dragons yeah. and and then moving and that is supposed to give us a little bit of an explanation as to how the hell he appears a bit later on um, tenuous though isn't it because like it, does that mean that the whole army of the dead is now inside or has been incinerated or what well this is like, it I think, and this has taken a couple of watches for me to get so it's not great that that, it, that I had to do that but I think what the what it sort of the shows what the episode's telling you at this point from what you're seeing inside the courtyard is they're pretty much they're pretty much spent the the, the army of the dead they fought most of them off um, and they're winning and Jorah has has time to stop and and hear the dragons and leave so and mm. that moment where in in a few minutes where the Night King raises the next lot of dead. Yeah. At that point in the courtyard, there aren't many whites left. It's mostly just people. It looks like they've done it. That's and interesting. I, it's funny that it took a couple of watches to get that beat and realise yeah. that they've nearly won. Yeah. And then and then obviously the, yeah. the, the next wave appears. 
Yeah. So. Again, it's for a massive want of establishing shots that mm. this episode sort of falls off the rails, like not really locating what's happening in the battle. And like, I don't know how you would do it, but surely there needs to be some sort of shot where you show, look, they've nearly beaten them or they've mm. nearly beaten them back, you know. Because yeah, I don't think you'd lose too much tension by doing that because all the, all the White Walkers are still alive. Mm. But um, uh, yeah, you sort of need to do that. Otherwise... I don't know, like, and, and I, I so much don't know that I'm just disengaged from what this means, mm. and 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 its whole its whole import is sort mm. of lost on me. Yeah. Um, but yes, I am glad that they bothered to set up how Sajora can walk out of the battle to end all battles and walk back out <laughs> past a pile of the recently dead again in order to be in the right place to have his final scene. Yeah. Um. So. What happens here is John runs after the Night King. He turns around, does his raise the dead stuff. John realizes what's happening and sort of sprints for it, tries to get to him yeah. first, which is the only thing he can do. And yeah. he just can't get there in time before he gets within striking distance. There are just far too many of yeah. the dead around him, and they all just sort of stand and block his way and look at him. Weird. Shit. Yeah, I mean, frightening. And again, I think I'm a victim of, of, of zombie fiction at this point. But why isn't he just dead? Like this yeah. just felt like another this, another yeah. beat where and Daenerys obviously in the same position. I was like, oh shit! I mean, they're both done. All right, this, yeah. is, this is how they both go because you don't end up characters in the middle of a, a swarm of zombies without them getting torn to pieces. Hmm. Like you know, like there has to be something that you've set up as a way for them to get out of it. And Sajura does not constitute a way of getting out of it. He's not the magic shotgun, you know? Yeah. Um, and yeah, so I was, I don't know. I, once again, I just felt a bit dumped out by like, so what's the consequence of this? Yeah. Why is, what is happening here? And why is the Night's King not just telling him to kill the, kill the guy? You know, we've already had the come at me, bro type thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hard home. So he's clearly got a beef with John specifically, why isn't he just having them tear him to pieces? Yeah, when the Night King walks away and leaves him to die, I yeah, there are that many around him and that many close to him that you think that I don't, there's no way he can survive that. And then it cuts back, the point where he gets saved by Daenerys, when it cuts back later, there are far fewer whites near him than there were before, so it does seem... Yeah, it does seem to be stretching the tr- stretching credulity a bit. When you see, it is a bit, isn't it? When you see the whites come back to life, that the dead come back to life, we see some of the um, much loved characters who've died, um, such as they are. So Lyanna's Ly- eyes reopen, Dolores Ed's eyes reopen, and of course, Kono's eyes reopen. Dave, <gasps> you, you remember Kono, the that fan yeah, favorite? Yeah, yeah, Carnotaurus. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Um, this is the guy who we went through a list of predicted um, survival and not survival uh, <laughs> episode one and I um, described this guy as he must be a new character um, it turns out he's not he's been around for, he's been around for a what? season and a bit and we just didn't realize he's where's the, he from he is the um, one Dothraki guy who speaks every so often um, do you remember when there's the battle with the Lannisters oh, and he says yeah, to Tyrion, yeah, yeah. Your, your, yeah. your, fight, your, your people can't fight? He's yeah. Kono, apparently. Um, oh, I don't think he uh, ever well, got named on screen. Alas, Kono, we hardly knew you. Yeah. Now you're a zombie, though, so, you know, great. 
Yeah, yeah, back as a zombie. Um, yeah. As, as we say, yeah, John's surrounded. Uh, the the White Walkers arrive to go through. The, this was a moment where I think this is was effective insofar as realizing just how just just how screwed everyone is that the White yeah. Walkers haven't even shown up yet, and then and then yeah. the dragon appears again, and yeah. all these anything. Well, yeah, we're they fucked. Um, yeah, it's another classic sort of White Walker metal band arrival, like slow motion through the frames. <laughs> I enjoyed that. <laughs> There's a lot of dry ice, isn't there? And they've got the perfect hair for it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So they, so the White White Walkers arrive, and of course, as all the dead are coming back to life, this is when it all goes down in the crypts, and they start bursting out of their um, their tombs and attacking the um, the civilians in the crypts. I think yeah. one of them. I got. I've not seen this anywhere else, but it looked a little bit like it might be Maester Lewin, because he had his oh. Maester robes on. Oh, really? Mm. See, I, I mean, again, this is because it was too dark for me to see. But I felt like this scene was completely undercooked. Mm. Like it is the, supposed to be this terrifying moment of like everybody raises back to dead, inc- including like I'm, I'm very disappointed we didn't get a Ned Stark resurrection here. Like I, I cannot <laughs> for the life of me work out why that didn't. Happen. I can. I can tell Since you why. Since they went. Here, like, why that didn't happen? Why, why, why was it? Uh, because I thought, like, as soon as this happened, I remember you saying Zombie Ned Stark. Yeah. I was like, oh, here it comes. It's because he, um, I, I assume if it's in the same way most of these kind of dead back to life stuff works, he's no head. So, oh, yeah, because his head's <laughs> down in thingy, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, okay. All so, right, fair so enough. Just be flailing around. <laughs> it, might look, <laughs> it might look accidentally comic. So. I mean, it would be purposefully comic, <laughs> I think, to me. Um, I, I was thinking, I did, did a little bit more reading um, on Winterfell uh, after watching this episode, and I hadn't realised that, like, the Starks are supposed to have been in Winterfell for longer than the Andals have been in, in Westeros, right? Yeah, they're, like, old, so, old. Like, yeah. Old, old, like, before the Children of the Forest old. And so, like, there's a lot of people down there, a lot of zombies, therefore, down there. Yeah. I suppose. Uh, you know, we're saying that there's a statute of limitations on how many how many bones can have turned to dust before you can't be turned back into a zombie. Fine, fair enough. Mm. But um, this should have been a lot more serious than it was. Like, yeah. it, it all kicks off, and you get the you, you get the hand plunging through the stone side of the crypt, and uh, like, classic. But then nothing after that. Like, yeah. There's not a lot of resolution to this. And I thought this was a huge missed opportunity. Like, if you are going to do this, then... And you're going to set it up so clearly in the last episode with, you know, safe down in the crypts. If you're going to take us here, then fucking take us here. Don't just have it for the sake of a single shot. And then something, 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 nothing really happens. It's the end. Mm-hmm. Like, which is how I felt like this played out. Did I miss this? Was I just no? Did it I, happen in the dark and I didn't see it? The funny thing is, when we we talked about the possibility of this happening, didn't we? <clears throat> and um, one of the the reason I said I didn't think it was going to happen was because all the characters in the crypt um, haven't had much development in the last couple of weeks, and I feel that they'll survive because they must be kept around for something else. And the thing yeah. is, because I thought you couldn't bring these these things back to life in the crypt and have everyone survive. 
Um, turns out you can't. <laughs> no named <laughs> characters get killed in this sort of bit in the crypts. They just yeah, the, it, the, the the sort of the dead come back to life and just go for the women and children that haven't had any screen time. Yeah, um, it should be a, a horrifying sealed capsule full of death and despair yeah. is what it should be. It should be it should be you know an awful scene if you're going to do it, and they don't like mm, or they just the kill punches. everybody that we yeah. don't know. Yeah, like. Why go there and then not do that? Why yeah. make a TV series containing the Red Wedding and then not do that? Like, I don't... I absolutely don't understand why they wouldn't make this scene into that scene. Yeah. It, um, feel, it, it, yeah. Feels, it feels to me like there was one or two um, sort of whites running about in there. and that Because if there were any more, there's no way that you could imagine there was they, they wouldn't have done more damage than they did. Um, yeah. <clears throat> Although I suppose, yeah, it was hard to work out exactly how many people were down there as well. Were there thousands of people yeah. down there? Were there hundreds of people? Yeah. How big are the crypts? Yeah. And because it's supposed to contain the bones of, like I say, hundreds of generations of Starks. So, okay, yeah. yeah. So yeah. the so it, it could conceivably have gone this way, but we didn't really understand it very well. The the other thing about yeah the numbers of resurrections, there's a. There's a bit of sort of book-only law here, which would explain it, but you can't really rely on it because it's not on screen. But um, one of the stories right. about the um, the crypts in Winterfell is that all the Starks, when they're buried, they're buried with the um, swords across... Like, the, the tombs always have the swords across the top of them. And yeah. the story goes that the reason for that is that that blocks this kind of thing from happening. As in way back, uh, way back when, when this thing was yeah. common knowledge that you can be brought back from the dead if you're not careful, that was one way yeah. of stopping it. Was you put this sort of bronze sword across the top, and and that uh, that means you don't get resurrected. But the thing is, that is nowhere on the screen, so it doesn't really count. And, and then they all got resurrected, but then did nothing. Like that's the thing, isn't it? Like there's any number of ways you could have turned aside from this plot point. But they seem to have gone to an enormous amount of effort and time and cost to set it up as a damp squib, mm. and that's really weird to me. Yeah, it was it was strange what what went on down there. Um, I'd have thought, like I said last week, if you're not going to kill off the people in the crypts, then maybe that just doesn't happen. Don't but, don't do the crypt sequence. Mm. It or do the crypt sequence and set up the bronze swords, or mm. you know, like you know, whatever. Somebody knocks off a couple of the bronze swords, or they go down there and say, "We need more swords. Fuck mm. it, take the ones that are down there," or something. You know what I mean? Mm. And then it kicks off, and then and then then you've got a problem. Mm. Um, and I, you could get there if you want to have a character moment, which they clearly do for Sansa and Tyrion down there. Mm. But I don't. I feel like I must have missed something in that in that character moment because it was it was quite somber, mm. but it also was quite underplayed. Like I'm not sure what it was really there for. Did you did you understand why they had that moment that they had? I think I, 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 what I read from it was they think this is it and they're about to they're about to die. I actually for a split second wondered if she was going to kill herself or kill Tyrion. Yeah, I saw that as well, I, and that, that was I think that's clearly where we were supposed to go. Mm to think about that because that's what Cersei told her to do the last time she was in a situation. Oh, yeah, yeah. Get get ready to get killed or get ready to kill yourself. Um, you know, you don't want what's going to happen to you if they break in here. Mm. And um, uh, so I, that was quite affecting, but it was also quite brief. Again, mm. because they hadn't set up the, the, the fight properly, where mm. I was like, well, you're just hiding behind a bit of stone. So, you know, they're killing everybody presumably and they're going to get to you presumably and you've no weapon so mm. 
where's the tension? And there was no tension. And they never resolved anything that was going on in the crypt at all. Yeah. I think it was probably just, it was too tempting to do it as a set piece than not. And they just thought, yeah. well, we'll just do it and, and not worry about it. It's a lot of money, it. though. Like, yeah, yeah. But I, I feel like it's a script right Because you can fix that in the script. That's the thing. That's not like we couldn't afford it. Or, you know, we've only got a couple of shots of ghosts running along because I've got to spend all this money on fucking dragons. Mm. Even though I'll put them all in the dark so I don't really have to animate it properly. Um, like, it's not that. It's in the script. Yeah. Have something else happen down there. Change it a bit. Like, it really does feel like a weakness, not in direction, but of script. Hmm. And that's quite surprising. Yeah, I think it would have made a bit more sense if they hadn't have had the the reanimating zombies and they've had, I don't know, like a, a small group of fighters down there as a last line of defence and hmm. just before the end, the dead break into the crypt and it looks like that's it because they've nowhere to run and just as that that's, last line of defence yeah. are going and Sansa and Tyrion have this moment, that's when the Night King dies and they say, yeah. that would have made a lot more sort of sense. Yeah, it, it would have been a lot more Hollywood, but it would have been a lot more George Romero as well. And I think you kind of have to either run towards or run away from what's normal in this genre when we're mm. dealing with zombies. Dead people walking around, not entirely in control of their own actions. Like and they didn't do either. They just set this whole thing up in order for Sansa to have a moment where it looks like she's going to kill herself, and they're all very somber, and then nothing happens. Mm. I mean, it's just the thing that bugged me about it was, I think it's the most, um, it's the most sort of distilled version of this named character survive thing which happened in the episode. In that, I mean, there was a yeah. bit where like yeah. the, the the first white bursts out of a crypt next to Gilly and Little Sam. And the next sort of moment, it's dragging someone who looks a bit like Gilly but isn't her and kills. And it almost felt like yeah. it, it had barged past Gilly and, so, and little Sam <laughs> because to get to someone Ignoring who her named. because of the character shields yeah. and then rolling onwards. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I agree. But um, I think, I mean, this sort of stuff normally most, most shows you wouldn't care about. But I think because one of the big, the big sort of cells of Game of Thrones is anyone can die and sort of character shields yeah. don't really count for the most part. Yeah, um, uh, but I think I think we'll have a discussion about this at the end. But it feels like the the series has moved away from that a little bit in recent in recent seasons. Yeah, yeah, um, because they've been scripting it themselves and their TV writers who are informed by the norm of character shields, rather than being George Martin who's informed by a desire to kill everybody and shock his entire audience. Yeah, like that's that's a that's a huge difference. A friend of mine was flagging, and I think he's right. Hmm. Although I, although I do think George Martin. Is this, has done the same in the later books. I feel he starts oh, yeah. to, yeah. Well, I think the way he does it is he kills people and brings them back again and again. <laughs> Do you know, like you yeah. think you think yeah. they're dead, no, they're not. Because yeah. yeah. the, the last two books, I thought, is sort of it isn't quite as as ruthless as the as the earlier ones. But maybe maybe mm. that's just something that I've sort of imposed on it myself from from what I remember of the series and the two bleeding yeah. together. Um, know, anyway, maybe so. Yeah, so uh, we back outside as we say. John's saved by Daenerys. Um, she lights up a few more fools. Um, she then lands and and tells him to to run to the. Again, I'm not sure why. Now I think about it, she's on the dragon, and yeah. she lands next to John and says, "Run to the Godswood." <laughs> she's on a dragon. <laughs> why like, does she just fly can, there? Can I have a lift, please? <laughs> this feels important. Like yeah. also, it might be helpful for us to be in the godswood with a dragon. Perhaps yeah. that might be a good thing for us to have at this situation, having already established that a dragon can fit on the walls by the godswood. Yeah, 
Yeah. I, I, I suppose they're, they're now thinking John's got to be there because he's obviously the guy to kill the Night King because Daenerys has tried the dragon fire route and it hasn't worked. But again, yeah. maybe give him a lift. But it, so he yeah. he makes a run for the he makes a run for the castle. Um, in the meantime, the the whites all sort of start to over sort of jump on Drogon, and he sort of he sort of panics. I I thought he um, and shakes them off and and starts to f- and flies away. Um, for a, for a while, I thought he was getting he was going to be killed here. That was going to be it for the dragon. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, me too. Absolutely. And 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 like and all logic is up in the air at this point, isn't it? Hmm. Like given given the different failures that they've had so far in this episode, I was like, I yeah? hmm. what? Is it? Maybe? I don't know. Should I care? Are you just gonna not? Like I what? I feel yeah. ve- again very disconnected. Yeah. Again, a bit of this this could have been maybe this could have been better if she sort of she lands. They probably need some reason for her to land and gets rid of a lot of the lot of the whites and then the dragon starts being overpowered. John makes his way towards her and she says, No, you've got to go for Bran. So he yeah. he leaves her because he yeah. needs to go to But yeah, that, that isn't the way they did it. They sort of she yeah. set him off on a like you <laughs> go off on foot. I'm not, not going to give you a lift, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and also that she then kind of hesitates to take off, mm. resulting in the dragon kind of being overrun. Mm. Um, yeah. It I'm not up... saying that the sight of a dragon festooned with zombies is not something that doesn't make my, my little genre geek <laughs> it was heart awesome. quite happy. Yeah. yeah, but it was as part of the overall story. I was like, eh? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> The bit where he sort of like it gets into the air and then shakes them off like it's some sort of like a load of like yeah. leeches or something. Um, yeah, which yeah, was really yeah. good. Um, yeah. yeah, players gonna play, haters gonna hate. I'm just gonna shake it off. That's what he's thinking. <laughs> they all like land around Daenerys, and she suddenly realizes <clears throat> she's in a lot of trouble. And yeah. then, as we say, Sajora makes his grand entrance, and he's there. Classic. Like, like, but no. But the thing is, though, he's left the courtyard when all the zombies are dead. Mm. He's been running across the battlefield that's covered in the dead after mm. they've all been raised. Has he been doing a Shaun of the Dead? Then we didn't see <laughs> it, just like impersonating zombies in order to get past them. Because that's quite a moment, isn't it? Like you're running past all these dead things and then they turn out to be dead alive things. Like, yeah. I'm quite disappointed. Either he got through them by being un- incredibly badass or he got through them by pretending to be a zombie. Those are the two options. <laughs> I thought most of them are, most of them are going for the dragon. So he's um, he's sort of... a lot of them though, Matt. Like if there's one thing that we've had established and been asked to believe above all else is that there are a lot of <laughs> undead soldiers on this battlefield. Yeah. Like pretty sure they could spare the six or seven or indeed eighty <laughs> that it would take to kill Sajora by himself. <laughs> um, John fights his way into Winterfell, um, and at the same time Theon's running out of arrows, so he moves on to the sort of the spear. Um, and it's just again these these cuts together now to as as we build up to the big finale is just yeah. just showing just how overrun everyone is and how it's it's yeah. coming to the end now. Yeah, yeah. And just how sort of thoroughly on top the um the the army of the dead is. It's not sort of like yeah. they they just they're just getting the upper hand. They are. I mean, you got the White Walkers just wandering around as slow as they like because they feel it's, it's done. <laughs> they like, you know, still waiting for the drum solo to finish. But it doesn't matter. They've got all day. <laughs> yeah, you got the Night King walking in. You got the the dragon's back. The the dead dragon. 
Um, yeah. I thought for when I on first watch of this that what had happened was um, the John's dragon had killed that undead one, and then it, it had been resurrected by the Night King. But yeah. um, I don't think that's the case because it's got the it, it's obviously the the original de- undead with dragon because it's, it's got throat its missing. throat yeah. missing. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, we have this. Um, this is the bit we have the Sansa and Tyrion moments in the crypts as well. Um, yeah. Again, to, to no discernible impact. <laughs> no. And then um, the Night King sort of strolls into the Godswood. I thought this was. Um, I did like the image of like this, like the the holiest sort of place for the old gods and for the children is the Godswood, and just yeah. seeing the the Night King walk into that felt yeah. quite sort of quite epic and yeah. and quite shocking to see you know yeah very just, much and and knowing that bran sort of draws his power from the tree as well mm. like that part of being the being the three-eyed crow is the sort of relationship with these trees and that um and yeah that was quite that was quite a powerful moment because I'm still wondering what's going to go off here, mm. you know, because Bran's been sitting there doing nothing, walked into a load of crows for no reason earlier on. Um, but apart from back. that, <laughs> yeah, yeah hasn't come back. He's just sitting there flying around in this big ice cloud, I guess. Mm. Question mark. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, so I am sort of wondering whether this is going to be, you know, do, does he turn it into a whomping willow? Does he does he possess the godswood, the 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 heart? Heartwood tree or whatever you call it. Yeah. Um, you know, does it what's gonna happen here? This could be great. Mm. Um, um I do love yeah. the just the image um as the Night King arrives of the Godswood where there's the big there's the tree and there's Bran sitting under it in a wheelchair and there's there's just there's just Theon left and then there's yeah. just bodies everywhere. Um yeah. and it's just he's just sort of standing there with the, the spear just exhausted. Um yeah. And then they have this like final exchange where Bran sort of comes back into himself and and says thank you to Theon and says he's a good man, oh, and it's, it's just what moment, he's been it? waiting to hear. Isn't it's it? a moment. Yeah. I found that incredibly moving. Like yeah. just first of all, hats off to Alfie Allen. He's played quite a difficult technical role incredibly well, mm. and he manages to still be this Theon that's still got reek in him, that's still still been broken. Yeah, but he needs to hear both of those things. He needs to hear that he's good, and he needs to hear that he's a man. Mm. And it's not just your good; it's your. It's that whatever Ramsay said he could take away from you, he hasn't taken. No mm. matter how bad it is, no matter how ashamed you've been of what happened, no matter how broken you appear to have become, look at you standing here at the end of the world, protecting the Stark in Winterfell. Mm. And it's just such a powerful statement and such a powerful redemption given. Theon's entire arc and I found Theon quite tiresome at a lot of points and it's mm. just such a great journey for him that yeah. it almost justifies the extreme gratuitousness with which they enjoyed seeing him <laughs> get turned into Reek in seasons 4 and 5 because yeah. um, they fucking laboured that mm. but it almost justifies it this moment and Alfie Allen gives it everything yeah. and it's really it's really great now I still don't think that means he's going to kill the white the white the, the Night King like I still see him turning yeah. around with holding the spear and I'm like yep yeah, that's Theon Toast then yeah but he's done <laughs> what a way to go yeah. yeah it's a great death scene I think um, the only thing it's a very small thing that I had an issue with here but I would have preferred <clears throat> I would have preferred it to be the other way around that he like the, the Night King advances on Bran and Theon stand, basically stands between them and fights yeah, him that, rather, rather that, than actually, charging the Night King himself. 
Yeah, yeah, but I th- very I think much. Th- th- oh, that's a very ironborn thing to do, isn't it? To charge. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it fits yeah. his character. So no, that that was yeah. that was a um, that was a brilliant moment. Um, yeah. Then we're back on sort of John trying to fight his way through, and um, he he gets sort of as far as one of the co- there seems to be a con- a collection of courtyards that he's fighting his way through again we don't really know the geography of Winterfell well enough yeah, to which place is a it. big problem in this episode and this is another one of the big problems where John's just out there um is he close is mm. he going to help is there no chance yeah. how invested should i feel in this it feels it feels like we're being told by the end that he's nearly there and the dragon is sort of what's in the way and he just can't get past it and that's why at the end he just sort of ends up just sort of screaming just in its face because he down. just can't get yeah. past it yeah yeah um and there's no way you can do it but we didn't yeah, yeah that took a couple of watches because we didn't quite know the geography of Winsville well enough to know that that was what was what was going yeah. on and and i have to like there's a lot of stuff we discussed during this episode which could be i'm just not vibing with the story they're trying to tell and the way they're trying to tell it but this really did feel to me like a, just a straightforward failure of a few establishing shots would it have killed you hmm. you know what I mean to like give me a sense of how all this ties together in the moment of this battle and but as it is I was just like Jon Snow continues to do something I suppose <laughs> I don't know you know I know where he's trying to get to but I don't know how far away he is from it hmm. okay here it comes the um as as all the other sort of named characters are sort of literally fucked I mean this is like for some we see Jamie, Pod and Brienne and uh, all still apparently alive at least those three yeah, where not only are they surrounded there's like a it's like a crush of bodies against them it's like they're being crushed and quite how they aren't killed is just again it's impossible to really explain away which is a shame yeah I'm happy that they've survived Sorry. Yeah, yeah, no, no yeah. absolutely. I'm the same way. I feel the same. And it's particularly disappointing because Miguel Sapochnik, the guy that directed this, directed Battle of the Bastards. And mm. the set piece thing about the Battle of the Bastards was those massive crushes of humans mm. and how well he evoked those and how much it was a part of the story of that battle. And here, it looks like it's happening again, but maybe we don't have enough time for it, but maybe they'll survive it anyway. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Dragons. Mm. And, and it just, none of it connects in the way that it should. And it's a huge really feels like a huge missed opportunity that to either give them death scenes mm. or to show them clearly surviving by miracle you have to resolve it one way or the other you yeah. know what i mean you can't just say chaos is chaos yeah um because uh, it's not actually a battle it's a narrative about a battle and a yeah. narrative needs to have a structure yeah i think the one of the things with sort of the comparison to something like the battle of the bastards is that it, it you are going to lose an an element of sort of realism in the battle because of because yeah. of what's, you're what's tell the story what, well and also because of what you're fighting the battle of the bastards is two traditional medieval armies going at it this is yeah. a, a zombie horde and a dragon and some sort of some mythical creature sort of white walker creatures so you so you, it's it's much harder to to have a battle which you you can sort of you have your, your reference points to say oh yeah that's that that i understand that and oh yeah that that would happen and oh it's kind of unlikely but realistic that this would happen because there's not none of this is realistic now this is just a battle of like fantasy creatures for most part isn't it yeah 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 very very much and and i yeah i guess then maybe that means i do need to judge it by different standards Mm -hmm. but 
I feel like I'm judging it by the standards that it's set for itself. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. and it's just not reaching them. It's not telling the story clearly enough. So here we are in the Goswood. Final moments. This is where it all comes down to. The Night King advances on Bran and stands over him. At this moment, I thought, the only way this is resolved, I thought, A, it's possible that everyone dies here, which would yeah. be would be bold, but sort of also kind of awesome. In keeping. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's also possible that suddenly the Night King does something where we realise that he isn't what we thought and yeah. he wants something yeah. different to just kill everybody. Um, oh, like the ending of... Um, uh, um, the ending they didn't show of I Legend. I oh, Am yeah, Legend. a bit like that, yeah. Which I think yeah, would have yeah, been yeah. a bit... Again, would have been a bit... Uh, it would have been hard to sell, but... Hard I was to thinking... sell, but, but ballsy, you know what I mean? But yeah. sort of gutsy out there, and I could have gone for that. Yeah. And I, I in the same... Yeah, I, I agree with you that like there's doing something different here would have been really interesting. Also, can you imagine if they actually had succeeded in killing everybody? Mm. Because then what we've got for the rest of the season is the epic moral dilemma of do I pull for Cersei or do I not? Yeah. Because then they just carry on rolling south and I'm either with the living or the dead. And like that feels like a very, very Game of Thrones dilemma to pitch at you. Yeah. Um, whereas this... I want to say, I want to shout out at this point, though, for the music that really made this whole feel like something cohesive. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the music that's going on across this sequence is incredibly effective mm. and really, really, really tied it together in a way that it very badly needed, I thought. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I was with you. I was like, this can't just be the Night's King is dead. Like, this can't be what's going to happen here. Well, I, um, I, I, and it I didn't thought that... look like it was going to be that either. Yeah, I thought that not because... I didn't want that to happen. I would, that would still be my, is my was my sort of of course. I mean, obviously, yeah. but I was thinking I, I just couldn't imagine how, and I, and it really worked insofar as I didn't see the eye of it coming at all um, until <laughs> until she sort of yeah. appears. I could, yeah. I had completely forgotten about it. And there's this bit where like one of the White Walkers sort of half turns its head, and then suddenly yeah. she's sort of she's. A, she, She's coming out of nowhere. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I that's true, and the um, it is really well executed. And I'm not saying that it wasn't purely cathartic seeing a sort of soar out of the darkness like that. Mm. Um, but like I say, I have questions about exactly how big Winterfell is and how long it takes to sneak across it when you are a level fifty-two sneak expert. <laughs> um, but clearly, it takes this amount of time, I guess, because she arrives at precisely the right moment. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I suppose there's a chance that she's arrived before and she's waiting for the for a chance, and maybe he's too close to the other. It's too risky when yeah. he's close to the other White Walkers that she's. Oh, not and gonna, when he takes gonna... his step out, yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, I mean, the Night's King, I think, would be very justified if he had a moment to do it before he turns into ice cubes. But um, to look back at the other the seven. <laughs> The fucking magnificent seven back there in their like white snake tribute act. Go, lads! You had one job. You quite literally have one job here. I'm the one that turns them all into the flipping, you know, raises them from the dead to be dead but living. All you've got to do is keep me alive. You are the guys for that. What's happened? I've been stabbed yeah. by a child, by the way, who learned to do, act like a cat. Thanks, lads. <laughs> um. 
she nearly she nearly fails, isn't she? Like he, he yeah, turns round and grabs out. her by the throat, and I was like, oh no, like, no. She and then Ari is going to die. But again, it would have been in keeping with the series for that to happen. Yeah, like, yeah. The red wedding moment would have been Arya going, yeah! and then he catches her and just crushes her in a single shot. Yeah, that would have been the red wedding moment there. Yeah, like, but no. <laughs> but yeah, there's the there's the she does the old sort of drop switch hand and stab the old switcheroo the old switcheroo which was amazing. In that, uh, the first time I watched it, I wasn't 100 percent sure if if she died or he died. Um, because yeah, they had a I wasn't sure if that. it was her hand. I thought she dropped it, and then that was like Theon from the ground going <laughs> one last trick. <laughs> yeah, no, but it is amazing that that's the exact same sort of move that she uses on like Brienne when she's sparring in the in the courtyard. Um, oh, sort of a couple of seasons ago. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. yeah, again, I did sort of wonder why they'd spent so much time on that scene, but now I know. Yeah. So, um, so the Night King goes down, and then every obviously. All the is like a vampire. Everyone is turned, yeah. like all yeah. the white, all the other White Walkers poof, gone. All the yeah. army of the dead sort of just pretty much yeah. drops to the ground as well. Yeah. Whew. yeah. But Ooh. but um, not before <clears throat> interspersed with all this is sort of Sajora going sort of full Boromir, um, protecting <laughs> protecting Daenerys. Um, and he again, yeah. this is a. This is a really great sort of heroic death scene. Um, there's a couple of shots that are really moving just when you're seeing it again of sort of yeah. Daenerys' reaction to him as he's, um, yeah. Yeah. as he's fighting for her and he's getting, obviously, he's taking these blows. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was, that was, it was very moving. Again, I have to say, sadly undercut by my broad feeling of how is she stood just not dead. There's a whole army of them out there. Hmm. You know, how are the rest of them waiting for this one guy? Like, they're politely only presenting themselves in just enough force that they're about 105% of what Sajura can deal with. It's like, ve- why are yeah. you doing that when your main strategy is just to overwhelm people? The parallel is very much like um, Boromir in Lord of the Rings, isn't it? That's exactly what happens yeah. there. That's why I always thought with that yeah. as well, is like, how is, like, is he not just being overwhelmed by the sheer weight of numbers around him? Yeah, um, yeah, very true, very true, and I don't know. It's funny because um, this is one of the things that we pointed out is really good about, for example, the Tower of Joy fight scene where yeah. um, the uh, Sir Arthur Dane's taking on, what was it, like six of Dead Stark and yeah. his best guys, and the, yeah. at no point in that fight do you feel that anyone's waiting around. Everyone's trying yeah. to get a, get a lick in, but he's just too fast. Yeah. And yeah, yeah when, when you get to sort of bigger scale stuff like this, it does feel a little bit like those sort of throughout the old like ninja fighting yeah that's true standing around waiting yeah Yeah. it's a bruce lee movie Mm. yeah and yeah and that's true and and again a sort of execution problem i think but it was sort of yeah it was a a, a, an amazing moment it's it's the ultimate also sort of what he would have wanted death scene like for a character oh goodness (laughs) yeah absolutely this is sajora like he's dying happy Mm. albeit that he's dying being torn to shreds by an undead horde but he's dying happy uh, so then we uh, we sort of move into sort of a bit of a bit of an end game Every, it turns out yeah everyone's okay apart from obviously Sajora well, from a load of unnamed characters and, and all Sajora. the yeah Sajora and Theon and who else have we lost uh, Lyanna Stark uh, that's it not Stark Lyanna whatever she's called Mormon 
yeah. Kono, don't forget him. Um, <laughs> Can I? Carnotaurus the Dothraki. Dolores Ed. Yeah, there you go. Uh, that's it. I think that's a, it's, yeah, it's a short. Sam's alive, Grey Worm's alive, every fucker that with a name in the crypt is alive somehow. Yeah. Oh, um, um, uh, Beric Dondarrion. Oh, yeah, Beric, of course, yeah. So Poor we lost mate. him. Hound's still alive, though. Um, yeah, that's it. Yeah. yeah. It, it. it is a remarkably sort of low named character body count for such yeah. a massive moment. In the same way that it was when they went north of the wall. Yeah. Um, and the same way it was, um, to be honest, for a lot of the big battle scenes. The Battle of the Bastards yeah. as well. Remember we did that we did that sort of character pool for that and we were quite surprised at oh, how many people yeah. survived. Everybody stayed alive apart mm. from one one. Poor one out. Poor one out. Um <laughs> but yeah yeah, yeah, no, it's curious, isn't it? Very weird. Mm. And it, I think it is an example of how the series does sort of pull its punches a bit now with characters, even yeah. at this stage. Yeah. With characters. Yeah, which is weird because I would have thought they could afford to get rid of them, but Yeah, yeah. Obviously not. So uh and also the big i mean i i know that the main reason you've got a problem with this episode and yeah. it's the same reason that i have if we're going to be honest all all the problems stem from this um where was crazy breastplate man bronzion royce and why did where, we, where why is we bronzion get, why didn't we get zombie bronzion in that breastplate oh, oh i was so excited about zombie bronzion as disgraceful. well disgraceful uh, we even had an establishing shot of a soldier who's holding an, a shield from the Eyrie earlier yeah. on in the episode, and I was like, "There he is, Bronze Yon's lads. They're not long <laughs> for this world, but they'll be entertaining when they come back." And they never came back because apparently they never died. You know, actually, speaking of Bronze Yon and, and the Eyrie lot, that I didn't think about this, but the Dothraki aren't the only cavalry they've got. The, the oh yeah, the, the Battle yeah, of the Bastards the turned well, on this, this yeah this Western cavalry charge. I, yeah. uh, they don't. I wonder if that's going to be a plot point later on. Um, that those oh. knights actually went back to the Eyrie. But in that oh, case, why, why is Bronze Yon still there? I don't know. Yeah, no, no, he commands them. That's the point, isn't it? Yeah, it's very, very strange. But yeah, I was gutted that he didn't didn't even show <laughs> didn't even show yeah. up. What was he Absolutely, doing for the yeah. whole time? Um, I don't yeah. know. Maybe he'd gone off to get Sweet Robin from somewhere. Yeah. Um. And then we end. Uh, obviously, there's the bit where Sajora dies in Daenerys's arms, and then um, sort of the dragon comes back and sort of cradles her as well. I felt a bit like the dragons come back and we're like, "Ooh, yeah, ooh." I mean, um, sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> all got a bit, all got a bit intense. And um, so I just had to. I went for a quick ziggy. And yeah. anyway, what's going on here? Yeah, probably, Is he dead? probably shouldn't have left. Um, yeah. It, it, um, yeah. <laughs> ooh, sorry about awkward. that. And anyway. Hugs, yeah. <laughs> hug it out. <laughs> um, and then the the final scene is Sadavos to get. I think some of this with the the fighting's gone on for so long in the courtyard that I think unless you're a Tormund or Brienne level sort of yeah. martial ability, there's yeah. how how's Davos and, how and Sam? No, and Davos, yeah, exactly. Davos and Sam particularly, they are both great in very specific areas and those areas are not generally warfare with the dead mm. so yeah I don't understand how they're still alive I mean I, I, we haven't seen Davos even swing a sword I don't think through the whole episode so maybe he sort of did that did the old hide under a dead body and just like pull it over him although that would have been quite funny when it came <laughs> <Re-animated>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah anyway yeah. Um, yeah so we have that um 
And the final, obviously, yeah, I would say the final scene, Sadavos advances on Melisandre and she just walks out into the snow, takes off yeah. the red sort of glamour jewel, turns yeah. into the old lady and just falls falls to the ground and that's it. And that she sort of finally fulfills a prediction of hers, which is I'll be dead yeah. before the dawn. Yeah, and it's it's very powerful. Just mm. as the first bit of dawn is starting to sort of dust across the sky and um, this and the Dothraki blades all going out are the two two of the most striking shots I've seen anywhere in TV. Incredibly powerful. Mm. Just how mournfully it's staged, this death scene, and, and how perfect it is for her and how, just how quickly she just is she just falls over in the snow yeah you know like just knowing that she's done what she had to do yeah and the sort of yeah the whole what it says about the the red the red priestess and the red god stuff that you know beric yeah. and melisandre are the two two of the big characters to die because the purpose is fulfilled and there's no yeah. need for there's no need for this red god stuff anymore now because the yeah because the night's king's gone i do yeah. think one of the things about character deaths in Game of Thrones now really struck struck me about it this week is almost all of them, in fact all of them this time, are like, there are no more like, there doesn't seem to be any more deaths where like characters arcs cut short, like cruelly like Rob's mm, Rob, They all Rob, reach a conclusion. Yeah, yeah, yeah like when Rob Stark died, he, he's, he's, cut, he's cut short in like halfway through it seems his character arc um, yeah. When same with his same with uh, Catelyn, same with quite yeah. a few of those. Like you could even say about you know um, the Viper, uh, he's in the middle of yes. sort of doing what yeah. this yeah. what they're there to do, and then suddenly they go. All he's the characters dead. who die here, Sejora, I mean Dolores, Ed, even um, Theon, yeah. they're all sort yeah. of little full stops at the end of very satisfying character arcs and I think that's, yeah. that, that's one of the things that is great that story, it's good storytelling that but also yeah. Game of Thrones is losing has lost what the sort of the shocking thing that it used to do which was some of these characters like say a um, you know a Brienne or a Jamie yeah. or a, there is still sort somebody of somebody you've really put happen. time into yeah. Yeah, would still nobody's safe yeah yeah very much I agree and I th- I'd be interested to see if that holds true in the books as well because to a certain extent this is the third act of a three act story told over however many novels yeah. so there are going to be slightly more narrative conclusions than, than there were in the middle Yeah. Um, and I don't think it could go on forever being the show that just kills people randomly Yeah. and I complained mightily about that habit on their part um, in the past just because it meant that I was quite alienated from what was going on but I think you're right that feels like it's tipped a little bit too far the other way hmm. um, like I would prefer to have seen rather than having most people survive I'd prefer to have had some people get in their proper three arc three or three three part character arc yeah. but then a larger number of people just getting dead Yeah, like Sam you know for example I like Sam as a character but if he'd have died in this battle it would have been absolutely appropriate in keeping with what's happened to him and totally believable and yeah. really sad and yeah. a shock and that's what battles like this are supposed to be like yeah Show a quick rundown of our um, character survival predictions. Bloody hell, yeah! We, I tell you, it's a good job we didn't put an acc- accumulator on this, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, not 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 got a great sort of um, not got a great. <laughs> it would hit not rate, have yeah. worked well. No. Um, okay, let, let's let's have a quick flick through. Uh, Night King, obviously, he's died. Oh, we just put dead both of us. Um, yeah. I put an E next to it. I don't know what that means. Oh, episode five. Oh, you said dead episode five, and I said dead I did, at the very yeah. end. So, um, yeah, he's died early. Wrong. From what we yep. expected, um, 
about that, are you excited for the next three episodes now? I, I remember it's at the end of this. Get, yeah, yeah, I remember at the end of this watching it the first time, thinking that was great. I don't know how they're going to top that for the last three episodes. But yeah. having thought about it, I do think, yeah, Game of Thrones at its core is about people being horrible to each other. So yeah. you know that we'll get back to the the stuff where those people in the crypts can actually do their thing again. Um, yeah. Because that's what the sh- that series is about. So maybe it does make sense to go back to that for the final yeah. few episodes. Yeah, thematically, I think it does make sense. Like as you say, for, as I've said, for me, like being focused on on the, it is a song of ice and fire, and ice and fire have met, and fire has won. So for me, what I was interested in the series for is done now. Um, but and it, and in a not wholly satisfying way, mm. like I say. But actually, thematically, I think it's it's completely appropriate because what we've got is basically the whole story is about how there are very rarely moral absolutes, and mm. then but he's put in the middle of it this coming threat, which is a moral absolute. There's mm. no argument for what the Night King is doing, and that's actually not in keeping with how any other character has acted in this series mm. to this point, with the exception of Ramsay, I suppose. Of like, there's not. There's always two sides to to every story, and they're always carefully depicted, and that's George Martin's thing, I think, mm. and it's super interesting. So it does make sense that he would get rid of the morally unambiguous fight first, because it's the morally ambiguous fight that's more interesting. It, to put it in these terms, mm. you can have a massive external threat that all human beings should line up against, and they will but that won't prevent human beings from being human beings and they will still have their petty fights and they will still act vindictively and they will still act self-destructively in the smaller areas um, mm. in the ways in the ways that matter and that's a much more Song of Ice and Fire conclusion than we all banded together to kill the big bad Yeah. so, um, so it, it works thematically I'm just, I don't find Euron a terribly impressive character and I'm you know, Lena Headey's a genius but I've long since stopped feeling any tension over what Cersei will do because she'll always do the thing I don't want her to do. Mm. So I'm I'm quite curious about how it's going to play out. I will say though that somebody I read somewhere online that the um, the director of this episode described episodes three, four, and five of this series as a three act story, mm. and so we've had act one. And then it's going to be a question of what happens over the next two episodes. And that makes sense because then you've got episode six in which things are wrapped up. Yeah. You know, one episode to wrap things up makes a lot more sense than three episodes to yeah. wrap things up. So, <clears throat> um, yeah, so I am curious to see uh, sort of how it plays out. But I am not as interested in this because I don't care as much about the Cersei storyline mm. or the Iron Throne. It's never been clear to me why you should give a shit. Well, uh- um, and, you know, so, yeah. I do think the big challenge for the next few episodes now is getting us to to care as much about that because I think the danger now is regardless of what happens with the Iron Throne, big picture at least there still is one, you know. And even if Cersei ends up as yeah. the, on the Iron Throne, hundred, two hundred years time, not, yeah, you know, things will change. Else. Whereas, yeah. whereas this is the you know if if this the goes the wrong humanity. way, it's finished. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it, yeah. Th- there is going to be a challenge of making the next few episodes count in the same way that this felt like it counted because the stakes couldn't have been higher in this episode. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's where hopefully all of their work building character is going to pay off. Mm. Where it needs to pay off, where I'm going to care again about these characters 
as characters rather than just because they're human beings. Mm. And that, if there's any series that can do it, it's the Song of Ice and Fire, it's the Game of Thrones series, but I am still quite curious because mm. I'm not sure whether it will. Yeah. Okay, so I have a quick flick through our um, character predictions yeah, for the, for the ones that better Let's see how wrong we end. were. Um, we, for Kono, fan favourite... Um, <laughs> <laughs> we both just put dead. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Almost and we were dismissively. right. Uh, yeah, we were right. So we were both bang on for that, unsurprisingly. Lyanna Mormont, I said she'd survive, and you said she'd become whiteified, which was absolutely right. Neither of us mentioned the, the giant, but I think that's about no. as bang on as you could have possibly got. <laughs> I'll take that, thanks. <laughs> um, who else died? Uh, Dolores said... Uh, I said dead, killed by a White Walker, and you said survive. So yeah, both of wrong. us kind of wrong. Um, at least, it... oh, Beric. Right, he died though. He died. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Beric. I said killed by a White Walker, and you said killed, having struck the killing blow to the Night's King. Oh, so, I would have loved that, but yeah. no. Yeah. Struck uh, the killing blow that enabled the person who struck the killing blow to strike the killing blow, but that's not quite the same thing. <laughs> yeah, just sort of one one move away. One uh, move away. Melisandra, I put Night King related deaths, which I suppose is technically right, but only because it's such a broad prediction. <laughs> <laughs> in that she died in this episode, so yeah. And what you, did I put? You said dead, but um, sacrificing herself to get Beric in front of the Night King. Oh so, right, yeah, I had a whole thing played out, didn't I? Yeah. Thereby, thereby showing just how unlikely it is that I'll ever be a professional Hollywood scriptwriter. Mm. Um, Sajora, I said. Uh, die, dies protecting Daenerys so pretty much as bang on as you can yeah, get bang on absolutely yeah uh, you said died as well but killed by John. oh oh yeah hmm, interesting I don't know what I was tripping on there <laughs> tripping balls there I was tripping balls let's see if there are there any others who we haven't talked about who died uh, Brienne Bran Sam Theon oh Theon yeah we both said dead sacrificed for I put sacrifice himself for a Stark, and you said for John. Um, but I think oh, both you were of... right. You're closer on that. No, oh, no, no. Fair. Only because I didn't specify the Stark. The Stark in <laughs> question. Fine, fair enough. But it was the Stark in Winterfell, so I think you get points for that. Yeah, um, I think that's all the. That's all. Yeah, the, oh, that's, the, all the, that's all the death. That's all it was. The, it's like the anti-red wedding, isn't it? Yeah, the dragons. We said. I said uh, the the undead dragon would be killed by another dragon. And you said the same. Oh no, you said it might get killed by the big crossbow. Either oh way, yeah. Either way, we were wrong. It just died because yes, it just died, died because died. it died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> there we go. And the only, there we go. Uh, only the thing I wanted to mention for this episode is there's a brilliant article. Have you seen it on? It's on Joe.co.uk. The the player ratings. So good, yeah. So, so flipping good. I love it. It was brilliant. I actually, do you know what? It was your brother that sent that to me. Like seconds after the end of when I watched the episode, he was like, "I think you'll enjoy this," and he was absolutely bang on the money. It was great. Yeah, it's if you haven't read it, it's basically a recap of the battle, but as a as a football like post match report. So it includes stuff like. Uh, the Winterfell United won the Kedaya Stark pouncing on some sloppy defending by the White Walker rearguard late on. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> it says um, it's Winterfell United won, White Walker Wanderers nil, Stark 90 plus 5. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's really brilliant. Good. My, my favourite my favorite bit was Lyanna Mormont's uh, 
uh, uh, rating, which was, she is dead, but her tenacity can't be faulted. <laughs> I liked the, the Arya Stark stuff saying that breakout performance from the diminutive front, uh, front woman. Um, <laughs> it says, responded superbly to initial doubts about her talent after returning to the club after a prolific loan spell in Essos's second tier. <laughs> Oh, I love this so much. And again, I feel like we should explain to to our American friends. Um, there's a very specific and let's say underimaginative vocabulary that tends to get used when reporting on Premier League football. And this is it to an absolute T. This ep- the, we should tweet out the link to the article actually because yeah. it is really. If you've ever watched British commentary on American uh, on uh, on Premier League football, it is hilarious. Yeah, it's it's superb. I I was quite surprised that no that the phrase. All credit to the lads, you know, really had to grind out the result there. Wasn't anywhere in this in that article. Be... <laughs> I like that the Night King gets a nine and saying, yeah. must be wondering what more he could do for his side. <laughs> yeah, it? that was it, wasn't it? He's absolutely cast as the, like, over-talented, the Wilfred Zahar, the guy that's just carrying the entire operation forwards as far as it will go. <laughs> yeah, he's criticising the White Walker back line as Aya arrived and marked at the back post to send Winterfell through. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, again, with with good reason. Where were you? You had one job. Yeah, in all show. eternity, one job. Yeah, and just finally, I like the 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 two the two um two out of ten rating for Sam as well. He was described yeah. as a complete passenger and defensive liability. <laughs> <laughs> true, absolutely true. Yeah, so we shall tweet out that um yeah we'll tweet a link to that um for the uh before next week and yeah next week we will deal with the aftermath of the long night and the battle of winterfell (laughs) 